And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report. Welcome. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live each and every weeknight from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Wow, what a uh, what a show we have planned for you uh, this day. Paul McGuire is going to be coming right up here. Folks, we broadcast each and every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. That's the place to be. And we also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, BTR, and... Uh, uh, you can watch us live on YouTube as well. Two websites we've got, HagmanReport.com, for that's for the news and uh, analysis of the news, and, of course, show and show stuff at HagmanAndHagman.com. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us tonight. Oh, my goodness. Um, I talked to so many people here today. Uh, wow. Um, last night's show was good, wasn't it? Uh, very good last show with Brandon House. Uh, Got some great, uh, great feedback, feedback from listeners yeah. and emails. Yeah. Want to thank you guys for sending those. And um, we have a another great show lined up for you tonight. We have Paul McGuire. Uh, go to paulmcguire.us to bookmark his website. He has a radio show each and every day. Heard mm-hmm. on Blog Talk Radio, four to six p.m. The Paul McGuire Report. And underneath in the YouTube description. Um, if you scroll down, he's got a, a prayer meeting coming up, uh, the Paradise Mountain Church prayer meeting. Check out that for details and go to his website also. He's going to be talking about that, yep. as well as his latest book, The Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. An entirely different book than A Prophecy of the Future of America, the initial one. An entirely different book. You, uh, this is, I mean, they're both great. This is great. This mm-hmm. is, this is, has a different flavor to it than the first one, um, but it's got the same, it's, it's, they're both great, but this is, this is key. Uh, I, I want to jump in here just to ask people, folks, have you done it yet? Have you gone, speaking of books, have you gone to Amazon and gotten your copy of, uh, T.C. Joseph's This Generation, a series of novels? Have you done that? Folks, in a thr- <laughs> this is a thrilling series of novels. T.C. Joseph, um, takes us into the lives of three families. In a world where conspiracy theories and Bible prophecies collide, folks, go to Amazon.com or ThisGenerationSeries.com to get your novels. This is a great tool to give to people to, to awaken them to the um, uh, to, to, to the events of today through a minor fictionalized account of biblical prophecy. It's, good, it's a good read series. The first book is uh, book one is Precipice, book two is Pentecost, and the third book which is almost out is um, Penance. T.C. Joseph, remember that name. You're going to be hearing more about that, uh, about him and about his novels, but more about that later. That's T.C. Joseph at this generationseries.com but yeah Joe uh, that book uh, Prophecy of the Future of America really he, Paul knocks it out of the park and um, speaking of writing too uh, Paul wrote an article end of last month I guess it's about a week old now the 2016 election of the future of America the upcoming presidential election is far more 
competition between two different can far more than competition uh, than between two different candidates. Um, the man, good article, says a lot. And again, go to paulmcguire.us for Paul's website. Yep. And you can get the links to his radio show, his books, and uh, everything is there. With that, let's bring Paul back on. Uh, Paul, it's great to have you back on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe, Doug, it's great to be on. And is my audio clear? It is crystal clear, Paul. Thanks. Oh, good, good. Great to be on, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you on. You're looking fabulous as well. What are you still doing in your pajamas? Oh, I'm looking kidding. fabulous. I deliberately covered my microphone with a piece of uh, my video camera with a piece of paper, so I hope I'm not on visually. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just we're, we're <laughs> getting around. Uh, no, you, uh, you, folks. Paul McGuire, PaulMcGuire.us, a, a great friend of the program, a great guy. Uh, just I, I think a lot of this man. Um, I, I really do. He, you, Paul, you wrote a fantastic article uh, about the elections. It's, it's on your website. Just want to say thank you for for alerting us to to that article and for uh, writing that. You said more than uh, you, you said what was on our mind, my mind anyway. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. That was a hard article to write. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, this is a hard time for people to really comprehend in in many ways, isn't it? I mean, we see what's happening, but a lot of times that that comprehension of really what's taking place, the, the events taking taking place, is a little bit difficult sometimes to really wrap your mind around. Especially if you're not in the right mindset. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a very, very, this is probably the most unique time I can think of, at least in my lifetime. Um, and uh, just watching th- things through the media, which is so distorted in America, um, the, ma- the the major media, the alternative media. You have to be discerning, but it, at least it gives you a more honest and realistic picture with programs like yours, the Hagman and Hagman Report. Because without that, all we would be getting is this distorted propaganda. But yeah, it's very difficult because we, we have these uh, members of the major media which are interpreting information for us. But as I've said before in your program, all of the major media, or at least most of them, are controlled by just six corporations. So just six corporations control all of the flow of information uh, to Americans and basically around the world. If we go back uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was probably 35 corporations controlled media. And if you go back like 50 years ago or so, it was like a hundred corporations controlled the major media, but now just six corporations. Now, when we say corporations, uh, the interesting thing is is that these corporations, the six corporations that control the major media, are the globalists that we're always talking about. So the elite globalists have managed to totally dominate the information we get, and they get to interpret uh, reality for us. And as an add-on, and I'm sure many of your listeners uh, feel this way themselves, but the uh, propaganda, the lying, I mean, I'm talking about the absolute, total, 24-7 lying and attack mode 
of some of these cable news networks is like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like one particular network. It's like every time I randomly hit this network at any place, uh, within an hour or a 30 minute, you know, show cycle, whenever I turn on this network, when I'm channel surfing, everything is an attack on Trump. Every little statement. No matter what he says, it's attack mode, attack mode, attack mode. And then the lying, no journalistic integrity whatsoever. I mean, they will deliberately misquote polls. They'll deliberately take things out of context, just flat out lying. And I remember when I was attending the University of Missouri, uh, people always said to me, well, why didn't you major in journalism? Because it had one of the best journalism schools in the country. And I wasn't interested in journalism at that time. But at least 30 years ago or more, and going back again, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there was some effort to maintain uh, what was called journalistic standards of objectivity and fairness. Now, they, they weren't fair. The liberal media has always been liberal. But at least they made an effort, some kind of effort, now there's no effort whatsoever. It's just total lying and distortion uh, based on whatever their political agenda is. And it's absolutely, it's frightening. It's frightening because you know what it reminds me of? I wasn't there, of course, but it reminds me of uh, what Germany must have been like right before Adolf Hitler and during the time of Adolf Hitler when so-called normal, polite, so-called courteous, uh, relatively uh, average Americans, except for the fact that they're financially affluent, the media personalities, um, they can transform themselves like, like with the snap of a finger. And they have become like little monsters, little monsters of lying and distortion. And I don't know whether they realize it or not. I mean, I think they're so into it and so engulfed into it that, they, that they've lost all sense of uh, self-reflection. But these people that, that some of them were at least once somewhat, somewhat, even in a minor way, objective journalists, they have now become total prostitutes and propagandists. And it's, it's, it's watching average people, so-called average people, become evil, I mean, really evil, um, they morph themselves into these evil people, and it's really frightening, because it shows you how, how with very little effort, uh, when circumstances change in a nation or a culture, people can become the, the, the diametric opposite of once they, uh, what, what they once were. Like in the time of Hitler in the Third Reich, uh, most of these people were middle class, decent, hardworking, honest people. But then, you know, you go down 12 months and they're running concentration camps and incinerating human bodies and uh, starving them to death and stuff. And then going home to their uh, nice uh, dining rooms with the candles lit, playing classical music and, and being very polite to one another. So I see the same thing happening with a lot of the major media in our country right now. It's really scary. It, it is, Paul. And, and you know, 
they're look they're, they're prostitutes uh i think uh i don't know if uh, alex jones said uh coined that that phrase but they're prostitutes in the press but but it's you know it's something because even today um well, think back when Kennedy was assassinated. My goodness, during that decade, uh, the years after the Kennedy assassination, no one, um, you didn't talk about the, uh, assassination in polite company, like the conspiracy angle of it. Oh, Oswald and the story, it was not discussed in polite company, the conspiracy part of it. Now today, you've got things happening all around that's covered up by the press, and, you know, it's almost as if we're following that same pattern, which you which you equated to in reference to, to Nazi Germany or the years before, or, the, you know, the immediate time before, and I agree with that. Yeah, we're being gamed. Yeah, we're being gamed big time. And uh, uh, what is most disturbing is the it's the continual, bold, aggressive lying where they deliver, they throw fairness, objectivity totally out the window, and they distort. And one of the biggest things they do uh, in terms of lying is not actually what they say or not actually what they report. One of the biggest things they do in terms of lying is what they fail to show, what they choose not to report, as long as it furthers their agenda. Um, and again, I'm not. My criticism is not being made. In terms of partisan politics, my criticism, criticism is about no fairness, no objectivity, propaganda, and lying. I mean, you could switch the, the candidates around, but an example would be, and again, people are going to say, well, he's being partisan. No, I'm not being partisan. I'm simply observing a factual reality. When I was watching the, uh, the uh, Pence and uh, Kane debate the other night, it was obvious to me, as it was to you and, and your uh, listeners, that um, the moderator allowed Kane, I believe it was 72 times he interrupted Pence, 72 times. I mean, it was obnoxious. It was like yeah. weird. But it was very conspicuous to me, like 10 minutes into the, into the debate, that the moderator, ne- not that I recall, maybe she did, but but she never... Corrected Kane for interrupting Pence, which he did 72 times. As Kane continued to interrupt uh, Pence 72 times, she always corrected them both as if both were guilty of it. Now, you know, she made comments like, you guys have to stop, I'm paraphrasing, interrupting every one another. She kept saying that, but they weren't yeah. interrupting one another. Kane was interrupting Pence. I mean, that's just an objective fact. And, uh, you know, I knew it would be it would be rigged. I I really I'll tell you what I don't understand this. Uh, I knew the first debate would be rigged, uh, the presidential debate would be rigged. I knew this would be rigged. I knew the town hall meeting would be rigged. I knew it for a certainty, and I knew that it would primarily be rigged via the moderators because the minute they showed who the monitor moderators were before the the debates began, um. You know, it was obvious that the moderators had a, a liberal democratic background. And I said to myself, how could they possibly, even with the best of intentions, be fair? And I knew they would rig it. And so it didn't surprise me at all that, uh, uh, is it Lester Holt? Is that, is, is that his name? Yeah, Holt. Yeah, it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, the way he uh, participated in the manipulation. He was the third debater. 
And so it didn't surprise me at all. At first, when the vice presidential debate began, I said, I took a, a, a deep breath of relief, and I said, well, thank God, this woman has some integrity. Um, she's not going to allow her own personal feelings or whatever to 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 rule the way she moderates. And I, I thought, wow, she's actually going to be fair. I'm, I said to myself, I'm shocked. But then, then the the constant ignoring of Kane's uh, interruptions, and, and it was just again, she rigged, she rigged it, she she threw the game, and uh, this is uh, I don't understand why the the conservatives continually allow themselves, even in the next presidential debate, they continually allow themselves to be put under the control of openly biased moderators. I don't get that. Yeah, and we have uh, Anderson Cooper and another uh, female oh, journalist who is uh, going to be moderating this next debate. And listening to Sean Hannity yesterday, he was talking about how these two have been chomping at the bit and arguing with each other over, you know, who's going to be the one to get to ask Trump, you know, certain questions and mm-hmm. already, uh, you know, trying to set up um, – in a biased well, debate, we, in a way. But, but you know what, Joe and and Paul, what we watched, and to to be fair, it wasn't a debate. You go back to 1960 and, and look at the debate between uh, Kennedy and Nixon. There was uh, Howard K. Smith was the moderator there. I mean, there, there was a. It was simple. There was a chair for Howard K. Smith in a po- two chairs, you know, one for each for Kennedy and Nixon in a podium that they shared. And it was just really simple, and a microphone. Um, the questions were the same for both candidates. There was respect. There was respect for time limitations. There, there was no interruption because they both were not mic'd up at the same time. Um, it could be done today, but it's not. Uh, but what we saw, in my in my belief, what we saw was not a debate, but just two press conferences taking place simultaneously. With with an obnoxious sob butting in every five minutes, or trying to butt in. That's just my view. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that, I, I think we, you know, I, I again, I, I don't understand why the conservatives allow that, and, and since they, are, unless there's something that I don't know why they have to accept it, uh, part of me is saying, well, you you deserve what you agree to. I mean, if you're going to agree to be ab- be abused <laughs> in every debate. <laughs> Then you kind of deserve it. I, I, I lose my sympathy because nobody can be that stupid to not assume that they're not going to be gamed. And so to walk in there and act surprised that you're actually being gamed when you should have known it before you got into the debate, it's like uh, I, I don't have any sympathy. It's like it's like being really really gullible and really stupid. And and if you're going to be running for a high level political office. Uh, you can't afford the luxury of being stupid and naive, you know. So that's true. I, and uh, I, you know, I, I picture you if you were in that position, regardless. I mean, if you, if you were in that position, regardless of party, I could picture you uh, dictating the terms of the debate to such an extent where you would make sure it's all fair, it's equitable, and it's not uh, this dog and pony show that we that we've been seeing. And I think that's a responsibility of each individual person that that would agree to that uh, the scenario. I mean, that's just well, yeah, yeah. So, 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 like, I did. Well, all I did on uh, Fox News Network and the Fox Business Channel and CNN, I was on constantly to debate. I that's that's what I did. I debated, and it was always me versus one liberal 
uh, radio talk show host, or depending upon the network, it would be me against three or four. And uh, um, and I did this a lot, okay? So debating. And um, I remember my first debate, and I, I made uh, a mistake. It was my first debate on national television, on, on the big cable news network. So I went in there because I was basically a good debater and articulate, and I figured on that basis I could win. Well, in my first debate, I held my own. I can't say I won. And I was caught off guard, and I was working too hard, and I realized... You know, you got to wake up. You can't walk in there cold like this. So I began to study methodically by videotaping uh, all the debates on the cable news network channels. And many of them, uh, many of the people in the debates were people that I would end up shortly debating. And uh, I studied like, like, like a prize fighter would study uh, uh, video or film footage of his opponent and his boxing style. I studied the techniques that my potential opponents would use, like the way they interrupted and how they interrupted and how they got away with interrupting. And they all had their little strategies and stuff. So this one guy was very aggressive, and uh, I held my own with him barely in my first debate. But the second debate uh, was on the biggest cable news network. I debated him, and I clobbered him. And I clobbered him so hard that he actually tore off his uh, headphones in anger, threw them on, on his little podium, and stormed out of the studio. Now, the reason I was able to win is because I paid the price. by, You know, I didn't wing it. I, I studied and studied hour after hour their techniques, and that's what enabled me to succeed. I didn't go in there, you know, just like trying to... Uh, without preparation and and you know the other thing is is that uh, I realize that on certain networks they're completely unfair they'll cut your audio level uh, they play all kinds of games on certain networks um, one particular network a big liberal cable news network um, will do would do this regular to, regularly to me I mean, they wouldn't do it the same way, but they would always rig it by using the following. And they would do even do that on the other big cable news network, but to a lesser degree. And, and so the person or the position they want to favor, they'll turn up the mic on that person. And then if you're winning the bait, they'll turn your audio down so nobody can hear you and hear the fact that you're winning. Other things they will do is if you're debating... Uh, they'll give the other person uh, FaceTime, and so you disappear. People are watching the television screen, and you're trying to make your point, but if they can't see your face and they manipulate your audio, they've given a huge advantage to your opponent. And then other things, like if there's somewhat of a studio audience, they'll turn up the volume on the studio audience's laughter when they're laughing at you, or and turn it down if they're laughing at your opponent. And then another thing they'll do is they'll use the split screen technique. And if there's if you're debating a couple of people, uh, either they'll they'll flash to the moderator or one of the people that are you're debating, and they'll pan in close on how bored they look, and you know so they 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 rig it. But so what I learned is. Um, 
I used a somewhat unorthodox approach. Um, I would take charge of it, and I would call them on it uh, um, aggressively. So what I would have said, for example, I'll, because because you can't help, you know, uh, uh, make believe that you're in these debates when you used to do these debates. I mean, obviously I wasn't running for president, but I was debating. So, you know, you, you kind of put yourself in the position of the candidates and you ask yourself what you would do. So going back to the, to the vice, pre- uh, vice presidential debate, I would have probably the, the fourth time, I think I would have allowed it to happen three times. And then the fourth time Kane uh, interrupted, I would have called him flat out on it, okay? Loudly and aggressively, but in control. And then if the moderator uh, said, now you both of you guys, you know, need to quit interrupting each other, I would say, excuse me, name the moderator by name, and say, uh, it's nice of you to correct us, but you need to be fair in your correction. Uh, I didn't interrupt him once. He interrupted me four times. So I'm fine with that as long as you apply the rules fairly. Right now, you are showing favoritism to my opponent, and that is an unfair debate. And I, I would have done uh, uh, said things like that in a variety of ways. I wouldn't just sit there passively and take it. So, I mean, that's their choice. I don't understand why they're doing that. You, you know what, folks? I mean, this is so refreshing to hear. Here we have Paul McGuire. Here he's a veteran of debates, not presidential debates, but debates uh, on network syndicated uh, network uh, national TV programs, Fox News, giving you the inside baseball of, of the tricks that they apply, and what, of course, what he would do with respect to uh, given his, his position and, and how he would handle things. And I think it's valuable for all of us to learn from, from Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us, to understand to understand what's taking place and, and to really um, to talk about this like adults, honestly, so we can all be armed when we go out, uh, you know, intellectually armed when we go out and talk with our neighbors and friends. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Follow us on Facebook. It's Hagman Report on Facebook, Hagman Report on Twitter as well. Uh, I've got an in- independent, they're my own uh, Twitter account. I think it's Hagman PI and uh, Facebook as well. But uh, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's uh, the official Hagman and Hagman Report on YouTube. Subscri- subscribe there, folks. Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us is our guest. We're going to be right back. Stay right there. Radio show host, prophecy expert, Paul McGuire. His latest book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, is available if you go to his website, paulmcguire.us. We are talking about election news, the 2016 election, as we are on the heels of another presidential debate coming up on Sunday. He's got a great article on his website. Go ahead. I just want to make sure you mention that article on his website. um, Folks, go to paulmcguire.us. 
Or go to hagmanreport.com. Oh, it's not there yet. Oh, it's not there yet? Okay. Go to paulmcguire.us and and check out the article he has on the election. Uh, And, Paul, what you said in the first segment about the the lies from the news media, I know exactly what network you were talking about, um, (laughs) but it it does expand to to all of them. Tell me, Joe. Well, don't tell you because then I'm going to get drawn into this. Everybody knows what we're talking about, so let's just Uh, leave. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I was was kidding. We're just trying to get, uh, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. I, I'm, I'm in a rare form tonight, Paul. All right. Uh, go ahead, and, Joe. Uh, also, here. I know uh, this is something you're going to talk about tonight, Paul. If you go to paulmcguire.us, scroll down a little bit, the Paradise Mountain Church is having another prophecy and prayer meeting on October 13th at 7 p.m., the Days of Awe at the Garland Hotel in North Hollywood, California. It's free registration. Just go to the website and register there. And you can uh, participate in that meeting. Um, now, back to the elections. Uh, I don't know where you want to go from here, Paul, but the second debate is coming up. And there was a lot of talk about the first debate, about Trump not making the most of his opportunities uh, and not really, uh, you know, being the not really using uh, the policies of Hillary Clinton, the crimes from Benghazi to the email scandals, not pointing those out and letting that get away from him. What do you think he can do better in this debate to come across uh, as more presidential or at least to get the talking points out that he should get out? Well, that's a very good question. And I'm going to go back a little bit back into my own debates, even though I wasn't obviously running for president. But I every time I was on, which was for 10 years, I was constantly on these uh, the two biggest cable news networks on the biggest shows to debate. I mean, that was how, why they had me on. They wanted to see the sparks fly. But I'll get back to that in a second. When I watched Trump uh, in the first debate, debating Hillary, you know, the, 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 real, the one thing that he did right, and it was really important that he did that, is that... It's better to be humble and uh, uh, take a whipping uh, than lose your temper and come off arrogant, and especially in his particular situation. But the problem is he was not prepared for that debate. And he, in a, a sense, because he's confident in, in other arenas, he assumed that what he did in the other media arenas, like a reality television show, etc., would carry on over into a debate, and it didn't. And so she cleaned his clock, and 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 she she you know, she prepared. I mean, you may not like the way she prepared and all the rest of that stuff, but but she you know re- you could tell she rehearsed her constantly. He didn't, and he, so he left himself wide open. Uh, he didn't get his message across. He didn't counter the arguments because he wasn't prepared, and and that's very frustrating, you know, to watch somebody. Who loses because they couldn't get themselves mentally? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He, he, I mean, I, I don't mean to interrupt, Paul, but uh, my goodness, he had so many openings. Exactly uh, right. Exactly. And, and I mean, Benghazi. Just the word Benghazi would have put to me would have put right. him in, in the meltdown mode. Um, aside from the emails, and I, I mean, so so many openings. But yes, yes, and, and I think. I don't know. I was yeah. The, the, he is a study in human behavior. Uh, she is just a study in my view, and I've got to be careful when I say this because I got to 
proclaim I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not. I cannot make diagnoses. But uh, sociopathic behavior, in my view, that's my opinion, non-professional opinion. Just want to make sure because, like you, I don't want to. You know, lawfare out there. Anyway, um, let me just say. You go ahead. Something uh, people are going to people people will inevitably misunderstand what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, when you when you study the liberal left and you talk to people on the liberal left, just average liberal left people, they think uh, they they are convinced that Trump is a sociopath, a power hungry. You know. So anyway, that's just a people. Pe- it's amazing how people have different perspectives on that. So, but the one thing I want to say is, yeah, he he had so many openings, and he but because he was not prepared, he didn't take advantage of the openings. Pence, I thought, did a very good job, a very very good job. In fact, I thought he did a far better job than Trump did. But he still, Trump still allowed himself to be punched in the face a bunch of times uh, not Trump, but Pence allowed himself to be Trump punched in the face a bunch of times uh, and did not politely aggressively combat that and, and, and you know he wanted to be likable but he he got hammered because he didn't aggressively stand his ground and he could have done that without losing his temper which m- makes me want to this point uh, one thing, when you're in a debate like this, the audience, both uh, uh, liberal and conservative, hopefully have some sense uh, or expectation of fairness that goes beyond their political agenda. I mean, they don't really, but it, they, they're they at least open to some sense of fairness, hopefully, maybe. So when I would do these debates, and so, for example, if I was debating... Um, um, in the uh, uh, Trump debate with Hillary and Lester Holt there, I would have immediately said, probably in the first 10 minutes, no, in, in the first five minutes, the, mi- the minute Holt started being the third debater, I would have openly called him on that. And, and you, you use humor, and you can never come off angry, and you can never lose your temper, and you have to be likable, and you have to have a certain amount of humility. Now, if you can do that, then you can be aggressive because you're being aggressive without being uh, coming off like you're out of control. But I would have uh, said to Lester Holt, gee, I, uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, my notes here say that I was debating one person, Hillary Clinton. Uh, I wish I had known that it was a three-person debate, Mr. Holt. Then I would have prepared for you. And I would have kept at that. You know, pulling his pants down, that. so to speak, yeah. on national television, and you can do that, and it's humor, and then that's the end of it. He'll, he'll be quiet, and then with the fact checking, you don't let the guy keep coming up with these erroneous facts. You say, you know, you 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 go above him, use a little humor, and you you use a phrase or a line to control him. You know, I guess we need a fact. We need to have. Uh, Two sets of fact ch- uh, checkers. Uh, the first fact checker, and then in your case, Mr. Holt, a fact checker to check the fact checker. You know, little humor, little pun, but you, you end it. You know what I'm saying? So that's just something I wanted to add, but you gotta be polite and humble and likable. And I apologize. What was your, what was your original question you asked me on this though? Oh, how, what, no. what could you do better? 
Well, uh, yeah, that, but I also wanted to, to just uh, remind me to ask you in the presidential debate, um, what in the heck was Hillary wearing, okay, behind, underneath her? Uh, um, maybe this is just a bogus issue. Maybe this is a distraction. No, maybe this is I, nothing. I, I don't think it's bogus. What, I what personally the heck think. What was that? I personally yeah. think, and it's nothing more than an opinion, because I don't know. I don't know the fact of what it was. It is my opinion that it was a uh, electrical device to control Parkinson's. That's my opinion. To 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 keep the Parkinson's, uh, you know, the 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 weird the facial expressions and body motions in check. That's what I think it was. Man, I've seen car batteries smaller than that. I mean, well, that's an exaggeration, but yeah, it, it was too to me. It was too big for any kind of a. Uh, uh, earpiece device. Yeah, right. Uh, right. You know, uh, it just didn't look right. And it could, would it send just, an electrical impulse, you know, into the spine right. or the brain or whatever. Interesting. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Now. No. No. That's okay. So so um. Uh. And then you know, knowing your facts, I I would stay up all night memorizing stuff because I knew I was number two. I m- most of the time, I would be debating with people. And at least initially, uh, I had to prove myself. Or if I was deba- debating uh, uh, the host of a program, uh, they have all the, uh, the the assets, they have the star power. So you know, you know, you're number two going in there. So you got to try harder. You know, and you, you have to really memorize your bullet points and your facts and being prepared. Uh, I thought Pence did that. Trump uh, did not do that, and he paid the price. Yeah, and in the vice presidential debate, it was, um, you know, what you brought up in the first segment. Tim Kaine did interrupt 72 times, and I read a good write-up on the, uh, on the vice presidential debate where it showed, uh, how, you know, Tim Kaine, what he was kind of going through with, you know, the first 20 minutes, he was so energized that he said that he was stumbling over his words. And then the, you know, middle 20 minutes, he was, um, repeating a lot of what he said in the beginning and then the last 20 minutes to half hour he was just constantly interrupting every time Pence would would start um to talk about something you know Kane would jump in there and, and interrupt and then there was uh they talked about after the debate how Hillary was overcompensating or the Hillary campaign was overcompensating for the uh, Kane performance um and they changed their story about Hillary congratulating Kane after the debate which really wasn't important but um, it will be very interesting to see, uh, especially with the, the moderators this time around, coming from the network you're talking about, and we were talking about um, them being anchors there, of how th- this, they treat the candidates. And if they don't think the bias shows, you know, the protection of Hillary and the slamming of Trump, uh, you know, they're dead wrong. And it's not even people that uh, are politically engaged, you know, four years, you know, every year instead of just during these election cycles we see. I've seen, you know, so many comments on Facebook and Twitter, and it makes you wonder where the poll numbers come from showing Hillary in the lead with all these, uh, you know, empty rallies and uh, the comments on on Internet forums and and articles. But it'll be interesting to see how uh, how much bias they allow into the debate this time around. Well, again, though, we have to look at the the obvious, which you you brought up, uh, Joe, and that is um, you've got um, 
I don't know who the other moderator is. I know who Anderson Cooper is. The other moderator with the same network as Anderson Cooper. I believe so, and it's a woman, and we'll get the name for you right now. Okay. So right there, and especially with Anderson Cooper, and especially in relationship to that particular network, you know for a fact that you have a not only a biased moderator, but a but a moderator that is dedicated to your destruction. So I mean, only a sucker, uh, only the suckers in the Republican Party would allow that. Why do you why do you allow that? I mean, you're going to have massive numbers of people, primarily brought about by Trump's star power, and you allow yourself uh, to have the, the debate in a rigged position even before you go on. I mean, you're an idiot. I mean, th that's, ha that's an idiot's uh, uh, negotiation. And it's happened in the vice presidential debate, the first presidential debate, and it appears like it's it will happen. Because Anderson Cooper... Now, you got the... They may play yeah. good cop. They may play good cop, bad cop. Anderson Cooper may be the man who plays the so-called fair thing, but they'll rig it some other way through fact-checking, camera angles, or, 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 or whatever. And then the other thing is, you know, um, um, the uh, the the lying, and this goes on to you know the same uh, thing that I was sharing with your audience goes for surrogates or anybody who's debating, not just the presidential candidates, when you're debating on these news programs. Uh, you know, you may have to, to uh, you may not never be invited back on again, but what's the good of being invited back on again if, because they will allow some people to be the stooge. Some of these networks are looking for a conservative stooge, you know, and if that's what you want to do, then keep coming back uh, and, and playing it their way, but if you if you've got to raise the the bar politely and without losing your temper and demand fairness, and if they won't give it to you, then don't come back on the program. You're a fool if you do, because you're losing more than you're gaining. And, and you know, to your credit, Paul, I know you've done that as well. You know, no one plays Paul McGuire for the fool um, for any price. I can tell you that, knowing uh, Paul and knowing his history. Um, and, and thank you for that. But, but, but you're exactly right how they, how networks and how media outlets will use people, and especially in the conservative, Christian conservative, is, it's even better to, to you know, to, to be the whipping boy. Um, but anyway, to, to answer your question, um, aside from Peter Pan, uh, and, or, uh, Anderson Cooper, I'm sorry, I get the two confused. It's going to be Martha Raddatz, um, she's I'm trying the, to, the uh, name is familiar, and I probably yeah, see her. ABC, ABC, ABC News. News. And oh, Anderson Cooper from right, CNN. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, AOL, Time Warner, and, and this is the real. This is the real thing. Is they and uh, uh, Fox News Network? They're all controlled by the globalist elite. But the globalist elite, uh, I think Rupert Murdoch allowed Fox News and Fox Business Channel. Uh, to be somewhat different, not totally different, but somewhat different, and it appears his son wants to to, to make it more of a liberal network. But for the time being, it it it, it's, it, lean, it leans. It's not conservative, but at least it allows conservative opinions. Whereas NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, MSNBC, CNN, um, they are. 
the propaganda machines for the globalist elite. And, and, and they, you know, none of these journalists, that's why people shouldn't be like obsessed with anger towards the, the faces, the media personalities. They're, they're puppets controlled by their puppet masters. And they've been given, believe me, they sat down in meetings where they've been told, do whatever it takes, Trump, take Trump down and we'll cover your, your butt. And, uh, that's what they're doing. Now, uh, you could anticipate, this was a year ago, I anticipated that CNN's ratings were going to just tank big time and their advertising revenues, which they did because they, uh, they went into a militant anti-Trump position and their rankings plummeted. Then when it, uh, it was a gain to them, uh, during the primaries by, ha- they had Trump on a lot. And as you guys both probably recall, Fox News, uh, was somewhat adversarial to Trump during the primaries and sided with Cruz and some of the other Republican candidates. And CNN took advantage of that and they, they, uh, promoted, uh, in, in, in a manner of speaking. They promoted in a manner of speaking Trump. So they had Trump on all the time and they, their ratings surged upwards. Now that we're back game, which is the actual presidential election where the stakes are super high, uh, they're 24-7 uh, trying to take down uh, Trump. So what's going to happen to them? It doesn't matter, though, see, because the people that own them and control them, their actual ratings are probably crashing. I mean, we, we know they were number nine last month, uh, which is way below Fox. Um but I guarantee that now they're probably number 14 or 12 or whatever. I mean, they're, they're way under MSNBC in these things because everybody's annoyed. Nobody wants to watch them that has any conservative leaning. And their uh, advertisers are, are getting killed and their ratings are getting killed. But they're covered. They're financially covered because the, the, the corporation that owns them, that is controlled by the globalist elite, has given them the green light to take down Trump, and they've also made the promise, your jobs are secure, uh, uh, we'll carry you, and we'll continue to infuse capital uh, or money into CNN. And, and that's what's happening. They're ideologically driven. So many of these major media outfits are not profit-driven. They don't give a hoot if they make profit. I mean, they don't care. Um, as long as they have their ideology and they can promote it. And that's because... They're being financed secretly by these uh, uh, six corporations. And as long as they do their job, like promoting trade treaties and hiding certain truths or promoting this candidate versus that candidate, uh, the jobs are secure and they'll be propped up. They won't go bankrupt. And, and folks, Paul McGuire writes about this extensively, about the corporation, the ownership, the media, the uh, captured the corporate media in his book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, as well as A Prophecy of the Future of America. Both books, independent of one another, are great reads. Get uh, get them at uh, uh, via paulmcguire.us, his website, paulmcguire.us, and of course, um, we, we have both, and... Uh, Ah, great reads, but you know, Fox News has, to me, uh, you mentioned Rupert Murdoch, but my goodness, it seems to me that uh, the Saudis have more influence at Fox than um, than anyone else, and the CIA, of course, 
it was it, it was back in the uh, 70s as you point out in in your previous book and I think mass awakening uh, you know the number of books that you've written about the CIA infiltration throughout the media um, at least one if not more than uh, one uh, point of contact in each branch of the media which, which by the way which by the way was openly bragged about if, if people were doing I mean, it's hard for people to get, I guess, access to this research. But the CIA was openly boasting and bragging about this. Um, uh, in fact, I'm paraphrasing a quote from one of the former heads of the CIA, or at least one of the top people of the CIA, going back a number of years. And he said, this is a paraphrase of a quote, <clears throat> he said, anybody who is anybody in the media works for us. And he was inferring that, Entertainment industry, media journalists, print journalists, you know, whoever you are in the media complex. And if you're big, you work indirectly or directly for them, the agency. Yep. There you go. Uh, and I, I mean, have, I have yeah. some wild theories, which I don't think I should say on the air because they're too wild. I think they're, they're probably true, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna well, share on the air right now. We, we, <laughs> let's, let's just use the word as a hint, Manchurian candidates and leave it at that. Oh yeah, you know, I had a conversation with somebody about this, uh, about that very subject, uh, in that in, in that very same context, so uh, you're not too far off, and feel free to, to, to jump in with both feet if you want. But well, I, I wrote I, I, I wrote I wrote about this in in, in uh, a prophecy of the future of America, the first book, yep. and I wrote about it in Mass Awakening and in Standing Down Goliath. I don't know what percentage, and I'm not connecting this. By the way, I'm not connecting this assertion to the CIA in this particular. Uh, uh, statement, not statement, this, this particular uh, thing that I'm communicating and that I wrote about. I'm not affiliating it with one intelligence agency or another. But <clears throat> um, I believe that um, there are a certain percentage of key media personalities um, in the uh, hip-hop, rock and roll uh, industries, music industries, in the uh, entertainment industry, acting and directors, uh, in the uh, uh, television personality a actors and uh, television journalists uh, and, and media celebrities. I think there are a certain percentage. Now I can't prove this a hundred percent, so it's 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 partially theoretical, and I don't want to mislead people into thinking <clears throat> that I have one hundred uh, conclusive uh, proof or evidence because I don't. Uh, I have a, a working theory based on uh, uh, research that I explain in my books, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, the first one, and uh, uh, Mass Awakening. When we go back to the uh, origination of uh, MK Ultra and uh, uh, the Manchurian Candidate, you know, and, and 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 for those who don't know what that is, and most of your listeners do know what it is, um, you know, the born identity thing, uh, the the creation of super soldiers or super assassins <clears throat> through uh, mind control uh, programming, behavioral conditioning. And, and the behavioral, behavioral conditioning and mind control 
in the creation of like the born identity super soldiers or super spies involved among other things the use of uh, LSD so <clears throat> um um the the born identity comes from born comes from the name Dr Peter Born who was obviously affiliated with certain agencies in intelligence but apparently and this is from the outside looking in <clears throat> uh, in mind control programs and he also happened to be by the way uh, uh president Jimmy Carter's uh psychiatrist or psychologist Dr. Peter Bourne so so it's interesting that the writers and creators of the Bourne Identity uh, movie series knew who Bourne was they obviously did their homework and when you watch their movies <clears throat> the the ability of these super assassin spies uh, in the Bourne Identity movies and their behavioral characteristics unusual strength Amazing quickness of reflexes, their 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 uh, physical hand-to-hand combat uh, abilities are through the roof. Their abilities to hit targets here, uh, sensory information is at such a heightened level, <clears throat> and that that I believe uh, is being done because that's doable, and it was doable back in the seventies. So then, take that same uh, methodology. <clears throat> and then apply it to the creation of, let's say, somewhat artificial personalities in media or writing or journalism or rock and roll or whatever. And it may not necessarily be uh, connected to, let's say, an intelligence agency. It could be connected to a cult, uh, a satanic oh. cult. Hold, hold that thought. We're up against the top of the hour break. We will pick up right where we left off on the other side. Folks, you're listening to Paul McGuire. PaulMcGuire.us is the website. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Hagman and Hagman Report. That's Hagman Report on Facebook, at Hagman Report on Twitter. Hagman and Hagman.com. That's Hagman and Hagman.com for our website for the show. And, of course, uh, HagmanReport.com for show prep news articles, contributing author uh, reports. And if uh, Catherine Crable is listening um, uh, or if she's uh, j- just so you know, the other night, uh Catherine Crable lost her father. Our prayers are out to uh, to her. Uh, it's Catherine Crable, a good friend of Hagman Report and a uh, contributing author. Catherine Crable, had, uh, her father passed away. And uh, our prayers go out to her and her family. Uh, Paul McGuire is our guest on this episode. Folks, PaulMcGuire.us, that's the place to go for his wisdom and insights. My goodness, his article about the the debates, the election, the, the, the 2016 election and what it is, uh, every article that Paul writes is, is to me is, um, um, I, I mean, I connect with his 
writings, whether it's his books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 26, uh, 2016, 2017, Mass Awakening, all of his books, I certainly connect with, with, with him. And I recommend not just his articles on his websites, but his books for your libraries. Before we get back to Paul, uh, have you done it yet, folks? Have you gone to greenovative.com greenovative.com it's a small company in Florida they've created what is known as the GMAG power cell it produces electricity by adding salt water to the unit I've never this is something I think everyone should have in their bug out bag I personally endorse this product I get this is I'm excited about it it's a, the newest development is the super GMAG power um, GMAG battery recharger with replacement magnesium power pucks. Okay, what this does is recharges rechargeable batteries with salt water. How simple is that? It's great. This is a great unit. It's made in America by a small company in Florida. This is a fantastic, and I mean a fantastic piece of equipment. We have tried it. We've used it. It works powers up your cell phone. You don't need sun. You don't need wind. You, you don't need a hand crank. You don't need a little chipmunk on one of those wheels. No, you just need salt water. All you need is a little ordinary table salt. Actually, about two teaspoons of uh, little water. Shake it for a few seconds, and the unit instantly makes electricity. That's right. Using magnesium as the power source, just adding salt water makes power instantly available. Super GMAG is affordable, lightweight. It weighs about eight ounces. You can't beat that. It's durable, it's EMP-proof, and environmentally friendly. Super GMAG charger will provide convenient and safe power for recharging six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources are not available anywhere, anytime, any weather, day or night. That's right, Super GMAG charger has an indefinite shelf life and will charge an unlimited number of batteries by replacing the power pucks themselves. And hey, even in a pinch, if you don't have salt water, it does run on urine. That's right. If you're alive, you've got power. It's got no moving parts. It's able to provide enough power to charge about 130 batteries per power puck pair. How's that? Say that fast five times. Anyway, GMAG uh, available at Green Innovative. Just go to Hagman com. Click on the link to that website. You won't be sorry. I, I, I will say that. And don't forget, while we're talking about our sponsors, and all of our sponsors we have vetted, and we stand behind their products, T.C. Joseph has written a great series of novels. Go to T.C. Joseph, This Generation Series of Novels. Actually, just go to thisgenerationseries.com. Go to HagmanReport.com and click on the link to this generation series. In, in, in his thrilling series of novels, T.C. Josephs takes up the, takes us into the lives of three families in a world where conspiracy theories and Bible prophecies collide. His novels move through recent history to the events that are just, just on our horizon. His witty style and fascinating characters provide a great read. Not only will our audience, that's you, will love these books, but they can be a great tool, and I have given them out uh, to awaken friends and family members to the perilous times that we face. Rave reviews by Kirkus. For example, Kirkus Review states that readers of end times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Ink Reviews as well calls this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Folks, go to thisgenerationseries.com. That's right. ThisGenerationSeries.com. This Generation Series is on, available on Amazon.com as well. Book One, Precipice. Book Two, Pentecost. And coming soon, Book Three, Penance. So, 
do that, folks. It's great. Uh, with Christmas coming up as well, uh, great gifts, great gifts. I, in fact, somebody in this room is going to get, that's right, is going to get that. Yes, Eric, yes. Stocking stuffers for Eric. All right. But Paul McGuire, speaking of stocking stuffers, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 is a fantastic read. No wasted space in that book. Paul McGuire, the author, and of course, we're so blessed to have him tonight. Paul, thanks for hanging with us and talking about all of this. Somebody sent me an email during the break saying, why are you talking about this when so many other events are taking place, the you know stuff going on in Syria, the stuff going on domestically with the dollar and such? But I think it's important, don't you? I mean, I, I think what we're... Well, I, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, no. Shouldn't clear your throat when you're on the air. That's all right. So that was a very important question that person asked, and I'm really actually glad they they asked it because that's been going on in the back of my mind. And I am going to tonight uh, talk about Syria, uh, Russia, and China's involvement in Syria, the potential of a World War III or a Psalms 83 or 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 an Ezekiel 38 scenario regarding Syria, America, Europe. Uh, Russia, China, etc. I'm going to talk about that because everything we're talking about directly flows into that. So um, I'm going to answer this person's question because it, it deserves to be answered, but, but it's going to co- probably require a stretch on their part to uh, to understand how what we just talked about ties into her her or his concerns on Syria, etc. Okay, so <clears throat> because you have to understand the basics, <clears throat> excuse me, before you understand Syria and uh, things like that. So if we go back to World War One, <clears throat> sorry, we go back to World War One, and we uh, um, the. They were developing super spies and super soldiers really as far back as Babylon. Uh, the use of psychedelic drugs to enhance assassins and, and warfare and soldiers goes back uh, many, many empires, thousands of years. So the, the development of super spies using psychedelic drugs like LSD and other drugs and very radical mind control conditioning which requires the breaking apart of the human personality and reassembling it on on many different levels. This has been incorporated by uh, 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 Russia, the former uh, Soviet Union, Communist China, North Korea, Great Britain, uh, Germany, England, the United States, and other nations. They are all up to speed and have been for decades in the creation of super soldiers and super spies. So the uh, MKUltra uh, pr- uh, programming, which was the, the, the birthing point for a Manchurian candidate, and if people want to understand how a Manchurian candidate process works, uh, watching the movie The Manchurian Candidate would give them a little glimpse. And the better Manchurian Candidate movie, of course, is the first one, the original one, with Frank Sinatra in black and white, because it's it gives you uh, an inside look at how they can program somebody to be a an assassin 
and place them into a deep hypnotic state. Okay, so we have to understand that that's a reality. And it's not necessarily and it's not always intelligence agency based, uh, even if we're talking about these other foreign nations. It can often be Illuminati based or uh, a secret occult society based. So this creates super uh, spies. And then you can create modifications of super spies through monarch programming. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who has bipolar disorder or manic depressive disorder, I am certainly not saying that everybody who has bipolar disorder uh, is, is a victim of monarch programming. So please, I hope people get that. <clears throat> but um, when you shadow the human personality and you break it apart and, and you create multiple personalities through shock, trauma, pain, drugs, and hypnosis. That's the essence of monarch program, programming, which is a spin-off from uh, the Manchurian Candidate programming. Now, I, I talk about all this in detail in the first book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, and in Mass Awakening, and in, <clears throat> excuse me, Standing Down Goliath. So these... Um, Science and technologies have been around for a while. Now, I'm not saying that I have 100% conclusive proof. It's a working hypothesis based on research because I'm an outsider, ultimately. I mean, I have no desire to be part of a satanic occult or the Illuminati or whatever. I'm a Christian. So um, understanding that they already have this methodology and the science down uh, we look at Marilyn Monroe the lover of President Kennedy was she simply a seductress or was she a trained uh, spy if you will uh, through monarch programming and they call it a presidential model where somebody can be programmed to, to use sex and uh, intimacy and their personality either male or female to develop a sexual romantic relationship with somebody and, and get, inform, get information via pillow talk, etc. <clears throat> so this is something that's happened a lot, and it's used by Russia and other nations also. And it's, it's all, it seems like it's all, um, well, not all, but uh, at the epicenter of such, uh, um, such activity is... is the, the sex is it's trauma based it's um um it, it's the spy versus spy right. tactics you know um right and and people might not believe that but you don't have to it doesn't matter what people believe if you don't believe it it, it doesn't matter i mean it, it exists and in fact it was revealed in multiple committees uh right. throughout the 70s you know so right. it, yeah yeah right mm. yeah it was it was admitted to uh <clears throat> at a congressional hearing when uh, Kennedy, uh, Senator Kennedy, asked the question to, to the heads of one of the intelligence agencies, and he responded that we use this programming, uh, th this procedure for many years, but we no longer do it. Now, that's questionable that they no longer do it, but he admitted to it, okay? And this is the head of an intelligence agency in the United States, and that was Senator Edward Kennedy. So right. this is a reality. So the person's asking the question about Syria and Russia and China and a potential U.S. conflict, but we have to look at the backdrop. 
which is that modern military warfare is an extension today, as it has always been in human history, uh, it's an extension of a psychological warfare backdrop and a spiritual warfare backdrop. Now, where I'm going to ultimately go with this is is essential for every one of your listeners to completely grasp and master. You can't play at it. You really have to grasp this. Because unless you grasp this, you are always going to be kind of like some figure in the Matrix movie trying to find out, you know, what's real and what's unreal. You have to understand that the way our reality that we live in, the physical dimensional reality that we live in, is just part of the reality that we live in. It's, it's, it's not a theory, it's a fact that we live in a multidimensional reality with a fourth dimension and a spiritual world. Um, for those people who are skeptical, that was proven scientifically uh, with the advent, uh, not that many years ago, of quantum physics and string theory, which proved that there were at least, at least 13 dimensions beyond or incorporating the, the physical dimensions of our senses. So that's a reality. And see, modern militaries understand this. Uh, doing research for, for, for the, the, the newest book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, and the four DVD set, doing research for that book, I uh, did a tremendous amount of research in the former Soviet Union's psychic spying program and their incorporation of supernatural power with their modern military. Now, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis used this, but the, the U.S. military forces used it, Great Britain's military forces used it, and Russia's military forces used it. They were all involved in one degree or another uh, with accessing multidimensional information <clears throat> and psychic information to conduct uh, physical dimension, physical warfare, and they are to this date. And, and I want the person who's thinking about Syria to keep this in mind because we're going to answer that question. So people have to absolutely grasp this imperative principle regarding an accurate assessment of reality because unless they understand this, they're always going to be clueless and they're always going to be coming up short. So, so let me play this out and then integrate it back into the Manchurian candidates, monarch mind control, and then Syria, which, which is kind of like a Twilight Zone experience in and of itself, but, but it, it will work. Okay, so we have the basic reality to find in the Bible. And it's very interesting that the Bible is the first book in the history of mankind to discuss multidimensional reality and multidimensional warfare in precise terms. Um, this goes back to the Tower of Babel. It goes back to the Old Testament where there are countless accounts of people interacting with an unseen dimension or an invisible realm in the context of warfare. In the context of warfare. And a case in point would be when uh, the prophet Elijah prays to God and asks God to open the eyes 
of his servant because the, his servant is having a panic attack because he sees the Syrian army and the Syrian king moving against them in massive numbers with massive chariots and they're about ready Elisha and his servant and all the men uh, of Israel with them are about to be slaughtered their blood is about to be spilt on the battlefield by interestingly pay, pay close close attention I'm not talking to you I'm talking to the person who asked the question about Syria it's the king of Syria it's the king of Syria notice the name of the nation Syria this is thousands of years ago the king of Syria and his mighty armies are coming against uh, the children of Israel and the, and the king of Syria is about ready to slaughter them so Elijah asked God to supernaturally open the eyes of his servant so he could see uh, multidimensional reality. And then he blurts out those words, Behold, the hills are filled with chariots of fire, and those that be with us are more than those that be with them. So what Elijah's servant was looking at now, were, he had his view of reality altered and made more precise. He now saw the invading army of the king of Syria, the massive number of soldiers coming against them, but now he also saw countless numbers of angelic armies from another dimension, and in addition to the angelic armies from another dimension, the chariots of fire, which represents, by the way, the military technology of God from another dimension. Now, you never hear people speak about this. It's as if it doesn't exist, but it does exist according to the Bible. God is not only the creator of the universe, mankind, etc., but God also creates supernatural technology. His angelic armies are using um, supernatural chariots of fire. This is God's technology. So, when it's all played out, the king of Syria and his military army slaughtered, and the children of Israel triumph on the battlefield against Syria. And we see, of course, the Apostle Paul talking about this in the book of Ephesians. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. This hierarchy of high-powered uh, demonic beings that specifically were ruling in the Middle East the prince of Persia or Iran, and the prince, or the prince of Greece or Grecia, which represents the European-Asian axis of nations, which plays out, by the way, in the Psalms 83 military conflict, which involves and names Syria by name. Now, this this incorporation of extra-dimensional entities in physical military battles, and by extra-dimensional entities, we can either be referring to uh, uh, demonic beings, but we could also be referring to God's angels, his holy angels. And so we now incorporate in modern uh, scientific warfare things like the CERN-Hadron Collider, and the CERN Hadron Collider, according to the uh, scientific director, who was not a Christian, he, he was a secular atheist, the scientific, former scientific director of the CERN Hadron Collider, said that one of the purposes of CERN was to allow or to create an interdimensional portal for uh, extra-dimensional entities to come into the physical dimension. 
as as people who believe the Bible, we know that that is fallen angels entering the earth. Okay, so we have this going on now in our current in our current age of of, of warfare. So then we talk about the final battle, military battle on planet Earth, which is Armageddon. And when we read Revelation, we see that there's these very bizarre creatures that come out of the abyss uh, to fight against Christ and his uh, armies of heaven um, at Armageddon. You all right, Paul? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, this, okay. uh, my, but this microphone had a problem. Sorry about that. Okay. So, no, no, that's all right. I just, we just heard we heard kind of a thump, and I just uh, wanted to make sure you're all right. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, sir. I, well, we might be having a problem with our sound there. Um, yeah, I don't know um, what happened there. I don't know, Paul. You said the microphone flipped about a minute before we heard the that thumping yeah. noise just now. It sounded like the audio changed completely, which was kind of weird. Um, yeah, that, that, three. And, and he, there we there go. We, there you go. Now, now you we can hear, hear you, brother. Now, now we got you loud and clear, buddy. Thank God. Okay. So in Armageddon, we see that, um, there's this, uh, battle between the physical, all the armies on earth fight against Christ at his second car, uh, coming and they fight against the armies of heaven that are descending from heaven with Christ. And then we see that these creatures come out of the abyss to fight militarily in this uh, Armageddon battle. And they're very bizarre-looking creatures. And when you read how they're described, the conclusion has to be that they're either... uh, um, Well, because they come out of the abyss, they have to be demonic beings that are uh, the soldiers of Lucifer in the final battle of Armageddon. So this is a military battle at the end of the age. Now, all of this has to be in in the back of our minds. The reality of another dimension, the reality of military warfare in the physical dimension, and the reality of military warfare coming out of and being played out in the uh, uh, spiritual dimension. This is all real. It's not a fairy tale. It's real. And when we look at the, the, the U.S. military and the Russian military, et cetera, they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars investigating this and learning how to incorporate it. Dr. Robert Monroe, uh, who was a, a military expert and uh, analyst in the field of using brain waves to alter consciousness, ultimately for the purpose of uh, creating weaponry, uh, for the military is one such application, as well as the psychic spying programming and the remote viewing programming. So now we 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 recognize that there are demonic entities uh, and other realities involved in in military warfare. So when we read about the Manchurian candidates and the the super spies and the super soldiers. Um, which use uh, LSD and occult rituals and techniques along with the programming, we see that there's a demonic element in the creation of uh, 
uh, of some of these super soldier programs, etc. There's a demonic element to, to it. It's not it's not purely secular. There's drugs. There's pain. There's drugs, hypnosis. But see, monarch programming when it it shatters the personality into multiple personalities. Those multiple personalities individually are called alters. Why are they called alters? Because it's making reference to a satanic worship altar. So the multiple personalities in advanced mind control programming uses the vocabulary of the occult when it talks about the split personalities as being alters. So this moves, moves us into an entirely different dimension when we talk about modern warfare. Now, these uh, mind control developments, um, why can't they be and why are they not operational um, in the area of raising up powerful figures to, to, to fulfill specific assignments and tasks both in the political arena, the uh, media arena, the entertainment arena, and so on and so forth. And I would Paul, suggest to you... We're coming up against the break. Okay. I want to I stop right there, and we're definitely going to pick up on this on the other side. Why in the MK Ultra project are, are these uh, um, mental weapons or these uh, people making you know the mind turn into a weapon, why are they not being used to fulfill these leadership roles in the different industries? Folks, we're listening to Paul McGuire. PaulMcGuire.us is his website. A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 is his latest book, and we'll be right back with Paul right after this. Hagman and Hagman Report. So proud to have with us as our guest, Paul McGuire, Mr. Paul McGuire. That's paulmcguire.us, paulmcguire.us is his website. Folks, October 13th, this is so important. Um, in fact, this is going to be, I believe, one of the, if not the most important intercessory prayer meetings ever done by Paul McGuire. Thursday, October 13th. 7 o'clock p.m. at the Garland Hotel. Now, that's the uh, formerly the Beverly Garland Hotel in North Hollywood, California. Paul McGuire is going to um, have an intercessory prayer meeting there, and I would urge everyone within driving distance, uh, I mean, one day driving distance of that location to, to attend. I don't make these recommendations lightly or just because just because there's an event. I don't necessarily recommend it. This I do. I've had the occasion to... Um, to hear Paul in person, uh, and, and it's like nothing else, the um, inspiration that, that you receive, the information, inspiration, the prayer, the movement of the Spirit, to me is 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 one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. And uh, I just want to say thank you to Paul McGuire because that it's it's uh, oh man, it's so important. So next, well, October thirteenth, Thursday, October thirteenth in North Hollywood. California at the Garland Hotel. That is the Days of Awe, sponsored by the Paradise Mountain Church International. Please, folks, we need you to be there. We need the, the prayers. We need the um, we we need that collective, the aggregate uh, prayer 
and Paul is going to head that up. And I just want to say thank you, Paul McGuire, for that. Before we get back to Paul, I just uh, just want to remind everyone that, folks, you know, we are a listener-supported show. There's, I was talking with J.D. earlier today. There's nothing more that we want to do is to cut ties with the um, online advertising with YouTube and such. And we just we don't want to we don't want to do that. We want to offer clean, fresh, seamless programming. And uh, we thank those of you who have who have uh, supported us and are supporting us to get our word out and uh, have quality guests on and, and to be able to get the, the voice of the quality guests like Paul McGuire to all the reaches of the world. 111 countries last year this program was heard. In 111 countries, think about that. And it's not because of us, it's because of you. And we understand that. It's in spite of us. But it's because of you. So thank you for your prayers and your support. And uh, Paul McGuire is worthy of our support as well. Go to paulmcguire.us and support his ministry. Please do that. And uh, you can support his ministry directly or through his books, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. Start there and keep going. But next Thursday, October 13th, that intercessory prayer meeting, key, pivotal. And the admission is free. You just go to paulmcguire.us to register. And uh, you can attend. Before the break, Paul, you were talking about um, the uh, multiple personalities. How the you know uh, MK Ultra project you know shatters personalities, and how you know they are termed alters. And you said that they are termed alters for uh, you know being a satanic alter uh, to boil it down. But you were asking the question: Why has the MK Ultra program not? Spawned um, leaders in different fields of of entertainment, politics, um, and these other uh, uh, industries. You want to pick up right where you left off? Sure. Um, and and if you don't mind, before I do, I thank you for mentioning the Paradise Mountain Church meeting. I just want to add to what Doug said. Uh, this is the more most important meeting that I believe we've ever held, and we've been held, holding regular meetings for a long time. And the reason is that I believe, as many of your listeners do, that this is the, the most critical, important time in the history of America because America is literally facing two different futures. One future will be dis- disastrous, and one future will allow uh, a certain degree of freedom and prosperity. And I'm going to be very blunt. Either people are going to uh, pray and seek the face of God and his power now, because they choose to, or if they they don't do that, then the chaos and darkness will descend upon them with such force they will be driven to their knees to pray by force. And uh, um, I believe that uh, it is essential. So I'm giving a very strong prophetic um, prophetic message based on the Word of God uh, on the future of America. And also the the power of uh, peaceful, law-abiding spiritual warfare and prayer in changing the destiny of a nation. And uh, I, I hope that every person that has even a remote sensitivity to the call of God and the, the voice of the Holy Spirit will obey the Holy Spirit and come and join us. And as you said, Joe, the event is is free, of course, but you must register. Uh, that's for security reasons and everybody's safety. And you simply go to paulmcguire.us to register. 
Now, what I'm about to say is going to tie into the purpose of our uh, prayer and uh, meeting October 13th, and that is in 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 the the history of warfare and conflict, and in the history of the control of planet Earth. Um, that means controlling the economic systems, the religious systems, <clears throat> the masses of people, uh, money system, um, uh, educational system, every system that you can think of that controls people and controls power, political systems. Ultimately, if you had the ability to look into the invisible realm, you would see the activity and presence of very powerful beings, uh, demonic forces, such as the ones that Daniel encountered <clears throat> when he was dealing with the king of Babylon, and he had to battle these territorial spirits like the prince of Iran or Persia for the control of Middle Eastern territory. So when we look at these uh, monarch programming, for example, um, this is a cult. It may be used and applied by various militaries around the world, such as Russia, China, you know, Britain, uh, America, <clears throat> and so on and so forth. But it's occult-based. In other words, it comes from satanic, luciferian information and has been incorporated uh, by militaries, and then they've added on uh, the use of psychedelic drugs like LSD, and then uh, age-old techniques of mind control, such as pain, drugs, shock, and hypnosis. So somebody, uh, we raised the question about um, people in the, who are uh, high up in the areas of uh, politics, political leaders, uh, entertainment industry leaders like actors and actresses and stars, uh, cultural leaders, celebrity authors, people who have enormous power in society, could it be that some of them are uh, or have been through uh, a, a modified uh, Manchurian candidate-style programming, not to be assassins, but to function in their particular field, whether it's entertainment or whatever, and have some of them been through uh, monarch uh, mind-control-type uh, programming? And I believe as I point out in A Prophecy in the Future of America and uh, Mass Awakening and uh, Standing Down Goliath and, a, and the new book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, that indeed uh, these people are among us, and not only here in the United States, but in other nations around the world. Um, a very uh, a a very early model, like like with cars, with Ford, we had, what was it, the Model A Ford or the Model T Ford? Were those the earlier cars by Ford? Yeah, the T-Birds, the Model T. Okay, yeah. All right, so let's call this the the Model Ts of uh, uh, MKUltra Monitor Programming. You take an ordinary guy, <clears throat> because he was ordinary, Adolf Hitler, a starving artist on the streets of Austria and Germany, got rejected from art school, was an alcoholic, and basically the world would have classified him as a loser. He had nothing going for him. But he was deeply involved in the occult and participated in satanic rituals, took psychedelic drugs, and, and took place in occult rituals. So the next thing you know, 
He is the political leader, the political messiah of the Third Reich and the Nazis, and through the charisma he generates and through his speaking ability and his debating ability, he he literally mesmerizes a nation and then leads them. And when he leads them, he's constantly contacting demonic forces for supernatural intelligence. Well, where did he get all those speaking abilities and charisma and uh, uh, this this weird power to memorize people? He was trained. He was programmed by the secret occult societies of Germany. They raised him up as a leader. So he's a living example that we all know of, of somebody who functioned uh, in this programming and then became head of a nation. And he was elected. Uh, he was elected. He didn't have to seize control by force. He was elected in a popular election in Germany. Well, I believe that in many uh, uh, spheres of influence, like entertainment, politics, and many other areas, uh, there are a percentage of those individuals, male and female, who have been through this kind of programming. I think they exist in the music industry, uh, they exist in politics, they exist in uh, all kinds of fields. And I think that they've been through programming now, I'm not going to name people that I suspect may have uh, been through this, but I want to uh, people to understand, and I explain this in the books and A Prophecy of the Future of America, I want people to understand that uh, occult rituals are an essential part of this, and that people who have gone through this kind of programming, when you look at their lives closely, they leave common clues or com common signatures. Um, many people have wondered and speculated uh, whether um, the mistress for uh, President John F. Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe, had been through such programming because she uh, would be called, if she had, uh, a presidential model where she had these amazing powers of, of uh, sexual seduction and she won the heart of Kennedy and then allegedly reported on him. Uh, that, that spying technique... Uh, of using uh, a sexuality, of course, has been around for centuries, but when you add to it the occult component of uh, monarch mind control, it becomes very powerful. Now, um, in terms of signatures and clues of, of people that have gone, who may have gone through this thing, you'll often see strange sexual habits, you know, uh, Areas of perversion or excess or or things sexually that just uh, they exist in society, but but they 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 often express themselves in people who have gone through this kind of thing. You'll see other things. You'll see unusual abilities, for example, in the area of communicating, or unusual abilities in other areas, or unusual uh, 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 mental faculties. Uh, high uh, intelligence. And another thing that is a conspicuous signature, and it doesn't mean that everybody who knows multiple languages has gone through monarch mind control, but one of the characteristics of some people who have gone through monarch mind control is they know like 10 or 8 languages and can speak them fluently and, and, and with a perfect accent. So I believe they exist. And uh, I give uh, an, uh, enough uh, evidence to support that in my books, and I believe they're here among us. And let me throw out 
some, uh, let's call them um, uh, historical or evidences of, of potentials. I, I won't even say potentials. Let's just say people who have had usual backgrounds, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they have gone through the programming, but their unusual uh, backgrounds and biographies Open up us, open us up to the possibility that maybe they have, or maybe they haven't. But their statistical possibility that they have is heightened by their unusual backgrounds. Julian Assange, I have no idea whether he's gone through this programming, yes or no. So I'm not alleging that he has. But he had a very strange childhood. He was raised e either in uh, uh, Australia or New Zealand. I forget which. I think it was Australia by a lady who uh, was deeply involved in a Nazi uh, occult society uh, that was an offshoot of the Letters Born program where the Nazis were, were scientifically breeding very l pale uh, white uh, uh, children with, with uh, very light uh, uh, skin, white skin, and uh, blue eyes and very light blonde hair. And and then this lady who operated in Australia, she had a cult called the Family, and uh, you see the pictures. I've seen the pictures, and you see the children being raised, and they they're all eerie because their skin is so white and light, it, it, it's conspicuous. They're almost albino, and their eyes are either very light blue or gray, and they have very, it's almost white hair versus blonde hair. And so I'm looking at these young girls and these very young boys who have these very light skin features with the gray or the, the, the light blue eyes and the blonde hair. And one of them is Julian Assange, allegedly, according to this uh, journalistic article. And according to this journalistic article, allegedly he was raised by this... Uh, Nazi cult leader type woman and these kids that he was part of this family they were introduced to, to massive doses of LSD and all kinds of weird rituals and stuff so that doesn't say that Julian Assange is or isn't but that's that's a, a bizarre childhood uh, with a cult like background and so we have many other individuals that have strange uh, composite backgrounds that just raise questions, and 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 the things that are common are the the cult-like background, the satanic rituals, the mind control uh, rituals, uh, uh, sexual experimentation at extremely young ages, and the use of psychedelic drugs like LSD. So I think they're among us, uh, and uh, they're functioning, and uh, that is something that we need to consider. So when we look at so, so we go. We have to go back though to the beginning of the world and the basic template. Lucifer did a home invasion of the Garden of Eden and caused Adam and Eve to reject the Word of God, and they activated the law of sin and death. And Lucifer, by theft, became the temporary god of this world, which he now manages this world through uh, a hierarchy of demonic powers and occult structures. And the primary structure since the beginning of time, before the flood, <clears throat> the primary Luciferian structure was to raise up what I call Pharaoh God Kings and uh, uh, a satanic uh, a monetary system, satanic government and satanic uh, religions to control empires and societies. 
And so they didn't want the masses of, of common people to understand these powerful occult secrets or the secrets themselves. In order to keep their power, they had to guard their secrets, especially economically. So they've passed them secretly from empire to em empire. Uh, Babylon, ancient Egypt, and then, you know, the divine right of kings in Europe, and so on and so forth. Uh, they changed names of the organizations. At one time it was the Rosicrucians, and then it was the Illuminati, etc. So we now live in our modern world with a globalist system that the globalist system controls the world, but the people at the very top of this globalist system belong to international banking families, and they have a very high percentage among these upper-level hierarchy families. They have a very high percentage of secretive elite men and women uh, that are born to super-wealthy elite families that are involved in Luciferian worship, the occult, Satan worship and the Illuminati and these people are controlling the world through globalist organizations and multinational corporations and armies and governments and religions and psychedelic drugs and media and so on. So what we have and people really need to grasp this and understand this and, and, and kind of stop walking around in a trance and a stupor because the average person in America is walking around in a Disneyland trance they're clueless, especially Christians, which is appalling, since Jesus Christ said, you shall know the truth, and the truth sets you free. They're walking around in a trance state, like they're stumbling around with a flashlight in the movie The Matrix, and they can't see the obvious, which is there's an invisible hierarchy of total control over every power center, economics, media. So when we're talking about presidential debates and the influence of the globalists, if we're talking about potential economic crisis, if we're talking about World War III and Russia and China and Syria and all these things, there is a control mechanism behind it that is ruling the masses. Because these people have said by their own words, they view themselves as gods and they view the masses as their slaves. So um, they are ruling, and they're using occult spiritual power, which is very real, just as real as nuclear energy, to, to, to control the world and the consciousness of the world. And, and that's why our world is, is swirling right now through manufactured crisis, manufactured chaos, because their operating motto is order through chaos, or new world order out of chaos. And so when we talk about the political elections and who's behind this candidate and who's behind that candidate, essentially the globalists are rigging or attempting to rig the system. And it's very interesting that one candidate is being attacked by all the globalists, being attacked by the tech companies, being attacked by the Democrat elite and the Republican elite. And notice how the the uh, these so-called conservative Republicans like the Bush family and uh, uh, many other uh, Republican elite politicians, uh, they, they all say they're voting for Hillary. Well, that's impossible if they were ever conservatives because the ideologies are conflicting. They are and always have been globalists. I mean, Bush Sr. called openly for the New World Order. 
all the Bushes are globalists. They've never been conservatives. And I doubt very seriously that they've ever been Christians like they claim to be. I think that they, that, that they, they have enough intelligence to have mastered the art of deception and they have sucker punched uh, the evangelical church which insists in staying in a stupor with these bogus claims of praying with Billy Graham and holding a Bible and being a photo opt outside of a church. It's all baloney. They, they're globalists and they're involved in secret societies like Skull and Bones and they're involved in the religion of secret societies. You just said a, a whole lot there, Paul, and, and covered a lot of ground um, when it comes to, you know, this underbelly and the leaders, um, <clears throat> the, the the faces we see, the leaders of the, the spiritual darkness in high places. And, you know, what, when you were talking there, I know this is one small part of what you were getting into, but the uh, Super Bowl halftime show, mm. you see the, uh, I know that it's been the last few years, uh, these, you know, Lady Gaga is going to do it this year, and from Beyonce to Katy Perry to Rihanna, you see a lot of the MK Ultra uh, mind control stuff in their music videos, from you know the yeah. Mickey Mouse ears to the you know the different color and and visual uh, symbolism that people have come to know and associate with MK Ultra, and these people seem to be doing they have the same rotation for these uh, guests in this Super Bowl halftime shows and these different award ceremonies. Um, and then you see these people propped up, given their own, you know, lines of makeup or beauty products, whatever it is. But it seems that they are awarded a higher status um, amongst, you know, these entertainers and celebrities. And it seems that, you know, the, the people who have come out and, and outward spokenly about selling their soul and, you know, yeah. being turned over wholly to evil are are openly rewarded with these uh, you know, fame and riches and whatnot. But you know what, Joe? You, I mean, you just said it, because it's it, these people are not hiding behind the veil of normalcy anymore, are they? I mean, it's in no. their face. Mm -hmm. And we, it's weird to, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it's almost as if we are to accept this. But, but I mean, what you, what you and Paul are talking about here is, is so in your face. And Paul, you mentioned a word that I, I hierarchy hierarchy wow that struck home with me when you mentioned that um, hierarchy over all of these different um, uh, venues uh, different uh, areas and there has to be because you think about the uh, just the way the economy works the different and in our government the compartmentalization there there has to be a hierarchy even within these you know from the entertainment industry to the sporting world to all these different industries there has to be compartmentalization uh, because a lot of people, I don't think, would really go along with the agenda if they knew what they were really getting into um, when they signed on. It's just like um, you know Freemasonry or uh, you know these secret societies. You have these different degrees, and you don't learn you know the the real truths of what's going on till you get to the the upper echelons or the top levels, and that's done for a reason. Uh, just like you know people don't. Um, you know, we talk about this a lot. You couldn't have introduced the 1990s or two, year 2000 culture into television in the 1950s because it would have been rejected. It has to be slow. It has to be subtle. And it has to, you know, over a course of time, uh, change you to the point where everything, you know, becomes normal and, and it becomes more absurd as we go along. But these changes that we see, um, can't happen overnight. They need, you know, they need that compartmentalization. They need that structure and, uh, uh, backbone there. 
You know, you know what was great, Joe. And, and as we're talking, as I'm listening, and we're listening to Paul and folks, uh, you're listening at, at home and uh, to to Paul McGuire talk. I remember you and I picking him up at the airport in Dallas and having it just to, just you know what, folks, to listen to Paul McGuire in the confines of a vehicle uh, for what fifteen, twenty minutes, a half hour, or whatever. Um, you learn more. I learned more from Paul McGuire in 30 minutes than um, I, I think back to a couple of college courses, you know, that I've learned in the, in, in higher learning. And so blessed to have Paul McGuire as our guest. PaulMcGuire.us is his website. That's PaulMcGuire.us. Folks, grab a hold of A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 and his prayer meeting... October 13th. Sign up. We Be right back. Today. Yep. Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report with Paul McGuire as our guest. Folks, go to paulmcguire.us, bookmark the site, check out his radio show, The Paul McGuire Report, his latest book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, and his upcoming Paradise Mountain meeting, prayer meeting, uh, The Days of Awe, a week from today, October 13th. You can attend for free. You just have to register on his site. Portions of tonight's program were brought to you by americansurvivalwholesale.com. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. Don't slack on getting your storable, emergency storable food. It's GMO free, the Thrive brand, and it is uh, a great addition to any preparations that you will make. Um, Chance and, and American Survival Wholesale will work with you to put together uh, special dietary need packages as well as monetary need uh, packages. They'll work with you with payments and whatnot. And you can't go wrong uh, preparing long storable food without American Survival Wholesale. Um, visit their site. Uh, give them a call if you have any questions. They are very user-friendly and have been sponsors of this show uh, since I can remember. Getting back to our guest tonight, Paul McGuire. Again, paulmcguire.us is the website. Paul, where do you want to start off this hour? Well, maybe just uh, first responding to what both of you gentlemen uh, brought up regarding the uh, Illuminati uh, music videos and the uh, Super Bowl halftime shows and stuff like that. It, it's clear that an occult elite, because it's also being done <clears throat> at the uh, Olympic ceremonies, uh, specifically the one in uh, Great Britain, was filled with occult and Illuminati symbolism, as well as uh, here in the U.S., the Super Bowl halftime shows, <clears throat> the musical artists, the big musical artists, many of them, showing Illuminati or Satanic uh, or Kabbalah or occult symbols and rituals uh, in their performances. And what they're doing is is they're indoctrinating uh, very young children, because young children uh, watch this, not just teenagers. Young children watch it. They're indoctrinating them into the subconscious acceptance uh, of satanic ideas and principles, occult principles, 
they're brainwashing them in the, into the acceptance of uh, sexual perversion and all kinds of things, uh, and uh, Satanism and witchcraft, etc. Uh, so after a period of time goes by, these people will live out to, to whatever degree certain aspects of, of the lifestyle that they've been programmed to accept. Now, it's interesting to note that through the advent of uh, modern technology, such as the radio, well, that's not modern technology, but when it first came out, it was modern technology. So when, when mass communications technology really began to explode in America, uh, you know, television began to take off, and it may be hard for some people to believe, but once upon a time, television was not everywhere. Now it's everywhere. The television, going back to the time when television began to, to take off, radio had already taken off, and other forms of mass communication. Uh, coming out of Great Britain, which is, by the way, the worldwide headquarters of Satanism and the Illuminati and the worldwide head, uh, control system for the economic system. Um, you had uh, the rock and roll musicians uh, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and the Who and so on and so forth. They, uh, they were carriers of, of a specific message to a targeted youth demographic and by youth demographic, I mean, I was exposed to the Beatles, I think, when I was in third grade or something. And uh, But along with what began as, you know, I want to hold your hand, evolved into much hardcore messages. And all these rock and roll groups were, were promoting the occult, Eastern mysticism, uh, the use of LSD, marijuana, uh, uh, sexual uh, uh, permissiveness, sexual freedom, etc., and so th they created a counterculture, which culminated like in Woodstock and then the whole sex, drugs, <clears throat> rock and roll counterculture that kind of exploded in the 60s and changed America forever. But that was brought in technologically uh, from Great Britain primarily um, and carried by pop musical artists. And they changed the shape of America. Now, it's very interesting to note that the targets uh, we know what they were promoting but the targets that they had for destruction in films uh, movies like uh, that famous film with uh, oh my, I can't remember his name uh, he was the shorter actor it'll come to me in a minute he's having an affair with an older woman uh, anyway he was the first anti-hero anti uh, so, so, so the films of that time and the music of that time uh, were designed to to destroy the traditional family, to promote uh, uh, living together, sex outside of marriage, the use of drugs, uh, liberalism of, uh, in terms of political ideas, and to attack Christianity, attack the family, attack uh, traditional Christian morality. So the targets of attack were all... Uh, institutions that God created, and they were all institutions that were biblical, or, or what we would call Judeo-Christian institutions. The family, which by the way, Marxism attacks the same exact thing. The family, traditional morality, uh, um, uh, Christianity, um, patriotism, all those values that are birthed out of the Bible were targeted for attack. And, and so what you had was a radical alteration 
of, of America and its belief system. And that has continued to accelerate uh, right up until our time via the, things like the Illuminati music videos <clears throat> you were talking about. And then, you know, you have uh, this, this, this tsunami, literally, on television and episodic television and talk shows and movies of this. It just exploded in the last, uh, what, four or five years, <clears throat> Uh, this transgender, uh, complete sexual confusion regarding identity. It's actual sexual chaos. I mean, there are so many hybrids of, of traditional sexual identities that all that is left is a swirling sexual chaos uh, from ev just being ramped up from everything to Fifty Shades of Grey to, to, to Bruce Jenner or whatever. The whole thing is like... like it creates a total destabilization in people's interior reality. You, well, you know, Paul, let me, I, I, I'm yeah. sorry to inter interject this, but I, I was amazed to see how many Christians, especially Christian, Christian women, uh, have been reading and have owned copies of Fifty Shades of Grey. It just, it, it blew my mind this, to, to really get into that. I mean, church-going uh, people uh, who identify as Christians, reading uh, and, uh, you know, promoting even Fifty Shades of Grey and uh, drivel like that. I just, I wanted to throw that in there because I, I just thought it was so mind-blowing, mind-numbing, as a matter of fact. That I didn't know, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, so anyway, you know, you have this entire sexual chaos and, and people don't understand the implications of that. The implications are, long-term, is uh, God's plan for for men and women and mankind and society and everything is just like, is being gutted, uh, destabilized. And that's important for reasons that go far beyond the sexual reasons or the, the so-called sexual identity reasons. That's important because if you can dislodge people from a stabilized state, then you can introduce them into any number of completely new uh, concepts, ideas, and lifestyles, whether it be economic, uh, political, uh, spiritual, or whatever. Once that initial destabilization is completed, you've, it's like a, a, a rowboat tied to a uh, uh, you know, a dock with a rope. Once you sever the rope, the rowboat just floats out into the lake aimlessly. And so once you create this initial destabilization, people's lives just float, and they, they can end up absolutely anywhere. So what they are now is in a very heightened state of vulnerability and susceptibility to outside programming, psychological programming, cult programming, etc., etc., and that's by design, because the occult globalist elite have said in their own books and, and writings, etc., that they want to promote uh, a Luciferian world socialist order that is completely antichrist in nature, and that's what we have going on in, in America. And it shows up, it has, it has ricochet effects everywhere. You know, it's not just things in the sexual arena. They have ricochet effects all over the place, like values and riots. What, is, what, are, going what are going on now in these uh, riots uh, regarding police shootings and, and, and things like that, and I'm not justifying racism or racial bias, by the way, but the behavior uh, that's going on 
oftentimes inside the demonstrations is is very barbaric and crude and wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Now, thank God a lot of ministers have, have jumped into these actual riots and demonstrations and brought peace and they're to be uh, commended, but it's destabilizing our entire culture. It's creating a culture of lies and deception and darkness and so on and so on. So we don't even recognize America anymore. But this is by plan. And this is where Bible prophecy uh, fits in. Now, I want to say uh, a couple of brief statements. First is, um, it, it would be uh, a great flaw to just talk about the supernatural power of the forces of darkness or Luciferianism or Satan. And what is often neglected in this kind of discussion is the is the uh, superior spiritual power of God, the supernatural technology of God, the supernatural power of God, and uh, the reality of God's angelic armies, the reality of God's technology, you will find that that is conspicuously absent in a lot of discussions among Christians. It's almost like they glamorize and amplify the power of darkness, and they diminish uh, the supernatural power of God. And, 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 and it's, it's, that's a very strange thing. Now, God gives us supernatural intelligence. God releases his supernatural power uh, into the lives of those people who believe him and, and, and accept him. So a case in point would be God gives us prophecy. So the Bible is packed from the uh, Old Testament to New Testament with very exact, specific prophecies especially regarding the conquest of land and territory and military battles and the outcome of military warfare. God gives us an enormous amount of detailed prophecies, many of which come, have come true in the exact detail that God specified they would come true. No other religious or spiritual book does that. I mean, the Koran doesn't have any prophecies that have come true. And it's end-time uh, eschatology prophecy uh, prophecies, which they claim will come true, will not come true in the way they say they'll come true. The biblical prophecies of the end times will come true. So God gives us prophecy, which could also be called uh, supernatural intelligence information. So going back to this war in Syria... You have these two two power centers, the Luciferian power center and, and the power center of God. The Luciferian power center, through Freemasonry, through the Illuminati, and through uh, Freemason, Freemasonic and Illuminati leaders like General uh, Pike, uh, who had this occult prophecy of three great world wars, and the third world war was this global battle between Islam and the Christian West, which would lead to uh, hundreds of millions of deaths, uh, total disillusionment in, the, in, the, in the, uh, even the idea of God, and then ultimately lead to the global worship of Satan. But he made a prediction of a global uh, World War III that was a conflict between militant Islam and uh, the West, which wasn't front and center when he had that prophecy. Now, God also gives supernatural prophecies. Uh, regarding these conflicts. So in, in Psalm 83, we, we, we see a description 
of a military conflict. And there are nations, specific nations mentioned in Psalm 83. So, for example, uh, what is called uh, Assyria, the modern equivalent of Syria, would be Syria and northern Iraq. Very interesting, because it was written thousands of years ago. But Syria is front and center, in, and Iraq is front and center in Psalm 83. And then we have uh, um, the Egyptians and Saudi Arabia, uh, talked about in Psalm 83 under the name the Ishmaelites. And Saudi Arabia, of course, is front and center. And then we have the Palestinians, referred to in Psalm 83 as the Tents of Edom. And then in Ezekiel 38, we have very clear references to Russia and uh, Russia's alliance with Iran and a consortium of uh, Middle East nations that invade Israel in the last days. And then we read in Armageddon about um, the kings of the east, which is reference to the Asian empires like China and uh, Japan, etc., uh, participating in, in this final uh, great military conflict called Armageddon. So God's word gives us supernatural intelligence information regarding the outcomes and the nations and the geographic location and the timing of military warfare. The Bible also gives us supernatural information into uh, the nature of a global economic system, a global religion, and a global uh, government. And so everything that the globalists doing, are doing, whether they know it or not, is really synchronizing with God's prophetic word about a global system run by the Antichrist and the false prophet. So this is very interesting how, how accurate God's supernatural intelligence and prophecies are. Now, compounded with that, um, God has given his people enormous supernatural power, enormous supernatural abilities. But the problem is the average person and the average Christian has been programmed uh, into thinking that these enormous supernatural powers and abilities uh, don't really exist, or they have been programmed into thinking that they're hyper-religious or are conducted by religious lunatics, or that uh, take something like prayer. I mean, you know, when I even after I became a Christian many years ago, whenever somebody brought up the topic of prayer, I was instantaneously bored. I mean, I was like prayer was synonymous with boredom. And when I heard things like people had intercessory prayer uh, meetings, immediately I said I would never want to go to one of these meetings because it would be total monotony and boredom. So you see, I, I had such a bias against things like prayer and intercessory prayer and, and spiritual warfare. I was so biased against it, so prejudiced against it, so programmed into thinking it was total board, boredom and total impotence that I never paid attention to it. This is this was for years after I became a Christian. And this is kind of the mindset that many Christians have today. You bring up prayer, or the fact that you're going to have a prayer meeting, or an intercessory prayer meeting, or whatever, or repentance, and they're all viewed as boring, monotonous, legalistic, uh, uh, ancient, medieval, and, and painful, like going to the dentist. Like, like prayer, intercessory, prayer warfare, spiritual warfare, and repentance, for many people, if they're honest, 
they would equate that subconsciously with going to the dentist and having cavities filled. And they don't want to spend any more than two minutes in prayer. And that's, that's the result of programming and attending dead, boring, monotonous, uh, overly religious and putrid uh, Christian religious gatherings. And that's the reality of it. But what I discovered as I plunged into this intensive research about the nature of reality about the existence of the Illuminati and secret societies, about the existence of a pharaoh god-king system, uh, about uh, what the purpose was behind satanic rituals and secret societies and, and advanced technology and quantum physics and multidimensional realities and monarch programming and mind control and this endless spectrum of information that I began to re research, the light bulbs, I mean, were just turned on full blast and I began to realize that the entire universe and our entire reality and our entire planet uh, is operating according to uh, a spectrum of supernatural laws and these laws can be manipulated by the forces of evil or the forces of good and they release power and they open doors and they can create supernatural events. And all of this thinking that I grew up with in the public school system, where my public school education was the equivalent of the amount of knowledge you could put in a shoebox, and I was programmed to think inside this stupid shoebox my, most of my life, like most people are. At a certain point in my life, I realized God did not create me to think inside a shoebox. I need to think outside of the box. And Christians need to get hit with a lightning bolt on their butt and wake up. They're not supposed to think in a shoebox. And most of them do think in a shoebox. Where God is given the mind of Christ. Why are they thinking in a shoebox? So you, you rip up the shoebox and you look at reality with a heightened awareness and, and a full spectrum view of reality that incorporates multidimensional reality and a diversity of knowledge and information that would, would blow most people's minds. But it's available to anybody. And then you understand the way the world operates, the way reality operates, and that is that prayer is not some boring, mundane, stupid old lady thing. And I'm not trying to be impolite to people who are, are, are older. Uh, so please forgive me. But but it's not some boring thing like knitting, okay? It, it, it's power. Prayer is the release and access of multidimensional supernatural power that is so mind-blowing and should give the, the, the spiritual equ equivalent or the experiential equivalent of riding a surfboard and, and, and surfing the ultimate wave. It is so it's such a high experience, and it's so powerful, and it's so transcendent that when you really tap into the power of prayer, it is so beyond getting high on drugs and doing LSD. It's so beyond sex and everything else that that it's like it's like there's no words to describe it. When you realize what you can do in relationship to God through the power of prayer, you can change reality. You can change within the framework of God's sovereignty and his uh, 
uh, prophetic plan to the degree that God allows you to, prayer allows you to change reality. And prayer warfare, or spiritual warfare, is, is the highest form of prayer, where you're actually in combat, mortal combat, with um, uh, fallen angels, territorial spirits, like, like Daniel was. It's very, very powerful stuff. So people feel like victims, and people feel hopeless, and people feel depressed, and people are being overwhelmed by the confusion hitting them from the media. But they've been given this incredible supernatural power. If only they would learn to process it, believe it, access it, and use it, if they would learn that, they would, you know, their lives would soar like with wings of eagles. And so when it comes to the election, and that's why I'm holding this Paradise Mountain meeting on October 13th, which I invite people to come to, it's not a boring prayer meeting. I'm giving a powerful prophetic message about the future of America from the Word of God, and we'll have a short time of prayer because length of time doesn't impress God but it's going to crack open the spiritual reality and the power of God will move as it has in the past. So what your listeners need to know and they need to come to terms with is they're not victims. We're not passively watching the election debate, waiting for an outcome. Our hopes are not entirely dependent upon either Trump or Clinton or this political party or that political party. When we understand the absolute power the absolute power and reality of prayer and multidimensional warfare, we understand that God has given us the supernatural power to change the outcome for America. And right now we're facing two outcomes. One is dark and Luciferian in nature, and one is an outcome, at least in the temporal sense, is an outcome that will birth a future for America, for a limited period of time, because at some time, Bible prophecy will kick in and will move into the tribulation, and then that option is over. But for now, we have a window of opportunity given to us by God to change reality. The pilgrims and Puritans knew this, and we can change reality. That means the economic reality, the political reality, the social reality, and your personal reality. There is enormous power and intelligence involved in if people would throw out their bias against it, which I had, and recognize that it's incredible power, incredible intelligence, and you're tapping into something so far beyond yourself that it would blow your mind. Uh, very powerful statements there, Paul. And as we're coming up against the break, uh, just to kind of summarize what you just said, and so many of us are guilty of it, uh, we don't have discipline in our spiritual lives. And that's a a creation of our own doing, um, for the most part, from, you know, the TV and, and all the distractions of life and, you know, to the church services that we attend and, and are a part of. <clears throat> Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Thursday edition with Paul McGuire. Uh, go to his website, again, paulmcguire.us, register, uh, and you can attend free the Paradise Mountain Church Meeting, the Days of Awe. Uh, next Thursday, the 13th at 7 p.m. All the details are underneath, right underneath this uh, YouTube broadcast in the description or go to paulmcguire.us. Again, you can attend for free. You just must register on his website. We have Paul for one more segment. 
When we come back, we will finish up and wrap up this show with Paul McGuire after this. Stay with us. back ladies and gentlemen i don't know whether you saw that or not it was a cameo by my wife who arrived at the studio just moments ago the eagle has landed if you know what that means and of course my wife had uh she came into the studio brought uh our studio dog lady with her who in her mouth has got a soccer ball if you could see the picture it's just it's it's adorable but she's anyway. had that thing all day yeah i know uh but anyway folks it's so great to have with us tonight Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. I, 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 I could sit and listen to Paul McGuire speak. Um, I, I mean, really, I, I could listen to him all day long. And, uh, few people, uh, there are only a few people that I could really relate to in terms of the content, the intellectual discussion. And Paul McGuire is indeed one of them. Um, He's just the author, of, of course, of a Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, which is a phenomenal book, much different different than than the Prophecy of the Future of America. Both books are great. And, of course, Mass Awakening. And I, I don't want to forget that. All of Paul's books are just tremendous. Go to paulmcguire.us and load up on the books. You know, people, I've gotten emails saying, well, man, you're a, you're a book hound. Yes, yes, I love to learn, I love to read. Um, and, and that's just because, uh, obviously, uh, the, the more knowledge one has, the, the more prepared one can be for events that are coming. And of course, the Bible is our foundation, but, but, um, uh, the books such as Paul's, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, can con- contextualize events that we're seeing today. It, Paul, Paul's been doing a just fantastic job about the about how we're being gamed, how we're being gamed in terms of uh, the, the 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 perception, and isn't that weird how perception is reality? Um, the, the debates we talked about those, and, and and the the fallout, the collateral effect of the debates, um, and of course Paul has the inside baseball on the debates. Paul McGuire himself being part of the talk show circuit. Fox News and other uh, uh, other uh, networks, he knows how things are done, and um, he sees the tricks. He sees the entire gambit of things, and and for him to make sense of this for us is great. So, Paul McGuire, thank you so much. And and folks, next Thursday, October thirteenth. I can't stress this enough. If I was, if we did not have a show and have responsibilities, Joe and I would be there at the at the um, Garland Hotel on North uh, Hollywood Paradise Mountain Church sponsored event. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to California. Yeah, well, I was there. I, actually, I stepped over the border. Um, I was in California for a while uh, for, for about I don't know five minutes. Stepped over the border from Arizona, and I, I just just because I could, <laughs> and uh, I think I was in actually three states at one time, or, or 
or you know anyway but 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 paul thanks for thanks for joining us tonight thanks for your sharing your intellectual uh vast knowledge with us my goodness it uh it really ma- is making some sense of things um just think- well, th- thank you uh both of you gentlemen you know uh, things happen in your show that that don't usually happen a lot so i would say your show in in the good sense of the word is kind of a portal for uh uh the powers of uh light meeting god etc because and the reason that is is because you allow it because you guys are the, not only the hosts of your program but you're you're in a sense the managers so uh I thank you for that because things happen on your show that just don't happen, and that's so. It's always a joy to be on your your program. You, you know, and th- thanks for saying that, Paul. Because we we just we just try to do what uh, what we've been called to do, and oftentimes um, we we say, you know it's so many times, and I think everyone runs into this where we get in our own way. Um, that's bad enough, but when we get in other people's way, that's even worse. So we want to offer to our listeners and to our viewers the platform. It's their platform. It's your folks. It's your platform out there. You're, you're, and, and all we're doing is just kind of holding the key and uh, bringing people in or having people come in and and, and like, like Paul McGuire. I mean, my goodness, um, you, you just can't beat the information. And how many people today, and if everyone would would just spread the word about this program, about Paul McGuire, about the intercessory prayer meeting next Thursday, if everyone would just spread the word about all of this, what we're doing, that's all we ask. And, and man, we could make a difference. And I, and I truly believe that each one of us alive today were born for this very time. And we were born for this reason. And everyone listening to this, you know, Something earlier, Paul. I just uh, want to share this. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, it was during one of the the breaks. I, I think maybe the two breaks ago. I just had this overwhelming feeling that we we have a, a listener out there that that is questioning, and it was a female. I don't know why, but a female questioning their purpose in life and and having a rough time. I, I don't get visions. I I don't you know. I don't I don't I don't get dreams. I don't get visions. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm an investigator. But I had this overwhelming sense that there was somebody out there just questioning their existence and and uh, whether or not they had some sort of uh, casualty in their life, uh, a death in the family, death of someone close to them. But uh, really, uh, it, it sounds weird, I know, but, but just this overwhelming sense that, that a person was contemplating, uh, you know, uh, checking out, so to speak. And, and uh, I, I just... I want to mention that because, my goodness, you were born for a time like this, and and despite the adversity in your life, your life, um, well, our prayers are with you. If you know, I I don't know where that came from, but our prayers are are with you. My prayers are with you. I just sense that there's somebody in, in really struggling right now. Well, that's important that you said that, and uh, to to whoever that person is, um. Female or male, but let's let's say female because that's what came to your mind. Yeah, uh, she she needs to to know that despite whatever intense, very intense emotional pain, hurt, woundedness, rejection, not understanding why it happened, <clears throat> that that intense and very 
very intensely. It's so intense that that she contemplates ending it because ending it would be preferable to the intense pain she's experiencing. But the, the, the truth is that however bad that pain is, it's it's momentary. It may feel like it's permanent, but it's momentary. I mean, it's going to end at a certain point. And uh, it would be terrible uh, if you made the wrong choice um, and then it's too late. And the thing that you need to know is that <clears throat> your life is in the hand of God and I can't tell you why whatever happened happened and uh, why God allowed it. It certainly doesn't mean God is evil or cruel and you will learn one day why God allowed it. But for now... Uh, you need to um, take whatever little degree of faith you have, even if it's just a little tiny mustard seed or whatever, and you need to reach out to God. And if you'll do that, he will begin um, healing you now. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to snap his fingers and everything is going to just magically disappear in an instant. But the very fact that you're alive means you have a purpose in life. And ultimately, God is love, and he's going to, even though you're suffering now, God's going to express his love to you. So don't short-circuit that by by giving in to uh, a dark emotion right now. Don't, short, don't, don't short-circuit that. God did not create you to suffer. There, there will be an end quickly to the suffering. But you got to just reach out a little bit, and he'll meet you, and he'll carry you. He'll carry your pain, by the way. So if you don't mind, I'd, yeah. I'd like to pray for you <clears throat> and uh, anybody else who might be going through a, a similar thing. And you can repeat the words of uh, that, that I'm praying if you choose, or you can just agree silently. But just open the door a little crack, and the light will come in. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for uh, this woman or lady. Uh, or man in the name of Jesus Christ and Lord right now in the name of Jesus Christ we pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon you now and you would experience the tangible love of Jesus Christ in fact Lord we, we go beyond that we ask God right now for that person who's suffering and questioning uh, whether or not they should stay alive or the, or the reason for their existence. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would, in a spiritual sense at this moment, allow them to feel your embrace and allow them to feel your love for them, Jesus. And we ask that you give them the power and the spiritual strength to, to, to keep on going until you can put things back together for them and that there's ultimately a sunrise after the time of darkness and that there there is a sunrise. The Lord has a word for you and I want you to stop whatever you're doing. You know what you've been thinking and we're not condemning you. Many of us, including myself, have been in your exact same place emotionally. We know what it's like to feel like checking out. Don't do it, because it's irreversible. But the Lord is speaking to you now, and I'm asking you politely to hear the word of the Lord for you personally. 
because it is a personal word from the Lord to you. The Lord is saying to you, he's promising you right now through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord is saying to you, and he knows your name, and he's speaking your name to you in your inner woman or inner man. The Lord is saying to you that surely, says the Lord, there will be a sunrise for you. The Lord says, yes, night comes, but night, night is temporary. I, the Lord, who created the sunrise and the sunset and night, I promise you, says the Lord, that I will bring you through the darkness. I will bring you quickly through the time of darkness. And I will carry you personally as one would carry a little infant through the time of darkness. And even though you're powerless, I am all-powerful. My protection is all around you. My guardian angels are surrounding you now, says the Lord. And my hand of goodness and favor and blessing is caressing your head, says the Lord. And I promise, says the Lord, and again he's naming you by name, I promise you now that you will quickly, faster than you think, see the sunrise. And I will bring the light and the promise of blessing and good things back into your life if you would simply hold my hand through this very short time of trial. I am faithful, and I can be trusted, and my name is Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. And obviously, when I said my name is Jesus Christ, I wasn't referring to myself. I was speaking that in the form of a prayer over you. Amen, Paul. Thank you so much for that prayer. And, and you know, as you were praying, I was also thinking as well of, of the people who are suffering um, uh, with the weather on the uh, southeastern United States and uh, people who are in the dark right now, and literally in perhaps metaphorically in the dark. Um, uh, you know, we need to lift them up in prayer as well. Uh, we, uh, we have a lot of listeners in the southeast United States, and my goodness, uh, um, you know, it's wow. Yeah, our prayers are well, with you as well. Can we just briefly pray for the... I mean, I don't yeah, want to... Just, thank you. Lord Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to pray for all of you who are suffering various calamities, afflictions, or are facing challenges and trials, or just need guidance or help or salvation. We're going to pray for you right now. For those of you that are sitting in darkness, maybe because the lights are out because of the the weather or whatever your situation is, we're going to pray for you. And I ask that all of those listeners who who would like to join with us in this prayer, so it's a collective prayer, I'm asking those of you that know how to pray to join with us in prayer so we can, we can marshal a, a large number of people to pray for those in need. And you can repeat the prayer after me. Uh, or you can just listen in agreement and receive what God has for you. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you in Jesus' name that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that the name of Jesus is above every name on heaven and earth, including hurricanes, disasters, calamities, uh, any kind of adversity. The name of Jesus is above every name named in heaven and earth, including the name of Lucifer. And, Lord Jesus, we ask right now for all those people that are facing trial, sitting in darkness, struggling with things, lacking things, uh, dealing with adversities of every kind, 
uh, people who are suffering in an emotional pain, psychological pain, people that are hurting, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are sitting at the throne room of God as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we go boldly into the throne room of God through the blood of Jesus Christ to find an ever-present help in time of need. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask that the power of your Holy Spirit would be released like a mighty force of blessing, like a mighty force to break chains of darkness, like a mighty force of rescue and healing, like a mighty force of joy, and the light of the Lord would pour into lives right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, the word soteria, which is the root word for salvation, first and foremost means salvation in Christ by faith, but the actual definition of the word uh, salvation comes from soteria, which means rescue. Soteria or salvation means rescue. It means help. It means needs being met. It means God is willing to release his power to rescue you, to deliver you, to meet your needs. So we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would pour out the power of your Holy Spirit and all those that are praying and listening to this prayer in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would send your angels forth, God, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would minister to people from your throne room, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Minister to people. And we thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name, that as countless numbers of people from the Hagman and Hagman audience are praying with us right now live, we thank you, God, that the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out tangibly on huge numbers of people from coast to coast and around the world. We thank you, God, that you're alive and that the very same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in this prayer now, God, and you're pouring out from heaven your glory, your presence, your protection, and your blessing. In Jesus' name, we thank you for doing this. Let every person listening be touched by the power and love of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Paul, we've got about 10 minutes left of this broadcast. And again, I want to thank you for, for coming on and, and spending your uh, Thursday evening with us. I know uh, one thing that we haven't talked about um, the last few times that you've been on, or we haven't talked about it enough, is your radio show, The Paul McGuire Report. Um How's that been going? It's been growing very well, and I'm very thankful uh, for that. It's two hours a day, <clears throat> Monday through Friday, on Blog Talk Radio. And if they go to paulmcguire.us, they can uh, listen to it, you know, on their cell phone, laptop, or whatever, via YouTube, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, uh, RSS feed, uh, uh, a whole bunch of social media apps that you guys use also, and Blueberry, etc., and listen to it at any time, anywhere in the world, our, our, our archives. And basically, I sh share uh, uh, sp spiritual truths, uh, but I also talk about an analysis of current events from the perspective of Bible prophecy, and I deal with, you know, different topics, everything from the the understanding the monetary system 
in terms of prophecy, uh, spiritual warfare, economics. I mean, I deal with a, you know, a whole lot of topics. And uh, I'm getting a lot of emails from people that are very passionate about the program and listen to it daily. And as you guys know, I consider it a privilege, as I know you guys do, that people are actually listening to you, you know, when they're jogging and <clears throat> doing a treadmill, shopping, you know, that, that's a privilege. So like you guys do, I, I treat that with uh, an honor and try not to violate that privilege. And I'm very thankful for the growing number of listeners worldwide. People all over the world are listening. And uh, I'm thankful. Now, I haven't seen the latest uh, charts and data on numerical growth, but the last time I looked, we were growing, and I'm happy with that. And I'm just, uh, I'm really low-key about it, you know, uh, just doing just talking to people like they were sitting next to me. And yeah, it's fun. I love that. I, I love that. I love the, um, uh, the your delivery. And folks, I wanted you, to share some information with yeah. you off air about the, the numbers, Paul, because uh, uh, yeah. there, there's some stuff that happens with the numbers that I, I still can't figure out, and we've been doing this like six years now. Um, so, I mean, it's good to hear that you're growing and whatnot, but uh, it's hard for us to tell with what they do with our numbers it's you know it's an interesting it, it really is you know the um uh it, it we're being gamed in all aspects of our lives it, we're, from the obvious to, to the less obvious but but it's with the intent too uh especially with conservative christian broadcasters uh, there there are certain tactics are, that are being used out there that are ingenious in their evil nature and, and they're effective and it's amazing to see this take place in real time it's amazing to see your numbers numbers for example of a of a, of a show that rival um some syndicated shows like an example this show and within you know 24 hours could have you know 50,000 listens on the platform and then in a week from now you go back and check it and it says 1,000 yeah it's it, it, just as an example cute. yeah exactly well, um, I, I want yeah. you guys to know that I've been paying very close attention to that for about four to five years. I've done a number of articles on it, and I have done some programs on it on my radio show, and I see it too. Uh, uh, I'm very aware of it, very concerned about it, because I, you know, we, we all have ways of internally calculating accurate numbers, uh, and... Uh, you know, comparisons like you just said, uh, Joe, you know, uh, you're 50,000 uh, uh, listens and then <clears throat> in a week you're a 1,000. And I'm seeing that thing. So, you know, your listeners and my listeners need to know and other people that listen to Christian or conservative uh, radio programs, etc., that it, the system is rigged and they're artificially manipulating the numbers they're removing us uh, um, from the, the top of uh, search lists, search engines. They're artificially reducing the numbers, I mean, by huge percentages, so they can rig the system. They're trying to impact negatively advertising dollar revenue. They're trying to uh, uh, rig it so they they diminish your power and influence through perception because if people think falsely because they rigged the system that you only have a thousand listeners then they think oh these people you know they, they don't have any influence so they conceal the real numbers and uh, give you lying numbers 
because if they knew your real numbers, then you would your real numbers would exceed some of the a lot of the secular so-called hit shows. Um, and uh, so they're rigging the system all across the board. And these are the tech giant companies, the software companies, the search engine oh, yeah. companies, the social media companies, who, by the way, secretly, in a couple of days ago or two days ago, gave away America's most priceless asset, the Internet. The Internet has a value that is so, it's worth so much that it is impossible to calculate the enormous value, monetary value of the Internet. And uh, America gave it away for free because the tech giants wanted to give it, give it away for free and others that run our nation uh, for nefarious purposes. Otherwise, why would, you, why would you take America's most powerful financial asset and give it away for free and put it under the control partially of communist China uh, see, this is this is really powerful darkness and a really powerful rigging of the system. And notice that the tech giants uh, were behind it, along with others. So they're 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 rigging the game. I guarantee you, if your program was devoted to cross dressing uh, or devoted to simply Jesus Christ and cross dressing, your numbers would skyrocket. Oh yeah, yeah, and we we've we've seen. Uh uh the, for example i can't name the program but we've we've seen programs dedicated to um uh atheism or yeah. to wiccan you know wicca yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> all, all six or 12 listeners you know <laughs> uh out out perform our numbers which you know we we hear from people all over the world but yeah it, it's uh, it, but it does go back to the the uh, um Manipulation, and that blows my mind too, Paul. I'm glad you brought that up. Here, the, we only have a couple minutes left, but my goodness, the uh, the really the giveaway of the internet, and and I understand the I can, I understand, I understand the 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 uh, what it what you know what's being given away, but uh, without even a, any fight from Congress whatsoever, just go ahead, you know, it's, let it go. No, because because the Republicans are the elite Republicans are totally rigged. They're totally controlled by the globalists, and then they lie about the economic the dollar value of the internet. I read an article yeah. where they, they they said it was worth X amount. That's baloney. <laughs> it, it, the the value that they attributed to the internet was so ridiculously low. The internet is probably our most uh, uh, important financial asset as a nation. Not to mention. It's immeasurable influence and power of changing culture, preaching the gospel, etc. So, yes, your listeners, exactly. all of us, we need to be very aware of how they're manipulating rankings, numbers, hits, views on social media, etc. That Big Brother doesn't like. Amen, Paul. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I we just want to make sure people know next Thursday, October thirteenth, Paradise Mountain Church sponsored event. North Hollywood Garland Hotel, uh, a day of awe, intercessory prayer. It's the 7 o'clock that night, local time. Register on paulmcguire.us. Paul, we're at the end of the program. God bless you, my friend. What a great program. You've, you've provided knowledge, so much knowledge tonight. I just want to say thank you so much for, for your gift of time. Well, thank you very much, and I hope people come out October 13th. It will be a powerful night. It is not a political event. We're not there to promote a candidate or anything like that. But God will move in a powerful way, and 
uh, I believe everybody who comes will uh, find uh, truth as uh, God has given me a message from his prophetic word. So we welcome anybody who wants to come. God bless you. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. Thank Thank you so much, Paul. All All right. Good night, Paul. Uh, folks, what a, what a fantastic man. And uh, to have the opportunity to spend time with Paul McGuire as we have and uh, talk with him, it's just it's just an amazing. He's an amazing man. And, uh, wow. Go ahead, Joe. Tomorrow, uh, folks, we got a, a great show lined up for you again. Uh, best-selling author of God's Final Jubilee, yeah. Dan Goodwin. His latest book, The Barley Harvest, God Signed for the End Times, got it. Fresh off the printer today. Um, the ink is still wet. Dan Goodwin has, is a friend and, and guest of the show. He's been on a number of times. And he'll be on hours two and three tomorrow talking about his new book and a free conference he's got going in Minnesota October 15th. So you're not going to want to miss that, especially if you're in the Minnesota area, um, because you get all the information tomorrow. Until then, stay safe. God bless. Have a great night. And thanks for joining us. 